When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome in, everybody. Appreciate you hanging with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I am Rob Ellis. He is Tone to Shields. Tone, two days uh, removed, and you know what I feel? Uh, I'm curious where you're at with this, with this Eagles game. Not angry, but beaten down. Beaten mm. down by the way the game went, by the way the season's gone, by the way this whole the whole year in particular the way it's going now surely over the last five weeks or so but and i also optimism looking forward can get you out of these kind of things and i don't feel optimistic about this team in a playoff setting so first off how are you and how are you feeling uh i feel great this morning man had my uh my morning tea went on a little walk this morning i feel great smart i feel feel recharged self-care I feel I feel very loose. I shaved my head last night. I just feel very free. Uh, as far as the Philadelphia Eagles go, um, yeah. look, I'm not angry at the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not I'm not down on them. Look, hard times come. Hard times never last. You know, it's we're in a turbulent time because we're thinking about this in the micro. We're thinking about this from the next week's perspective and and the playoffs and all those kinds of things. And look, playoffs matter. You know, division titles matter. Super Bowls, they they matter. Absolutely. And they, and they matter to me. Like this, this entire season for me was Super Bowl or bust because I knew, we all knew what this team was capable of, right? We saw this team on the brink of a Super Bowl, of a Super Bowl victory last season. So um, I entered this season almost literally like I enter every season. I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pussyfoot around. 
I'm not trying to, you know, shake hands, sing kumbaya, just make it to a division around. I'm trying to win the whole shebang bang. So literally, um, that's how I look at this Philadelphia Eagles team. And that expectation hasn't changed. But at the same time, um, based off the product they've put out on the field the past several weeks, um, am I confident in their ability to do so? Um, not as much as I was previously, but my expectation hasn't changed. Um, but they just made it a little bit harder, a lot of bit harder, actually, to believe in what they're selling the soap. Um, yeah. Overall, look, man, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. That's never going to end. I'm always rock with the squad, especially on game day. But, you know, throughout the week, I have a job to do. And that's the, you know, call it how I see it when it comes to this team. Okay. All right. I'm going to say good morning. And I'll give you my answer where I'm at uh, to, to some of the things you just laid out in a second. But what's up, Tyler? What is up, Jason? Uh, what is up, David? Kenneth? Fat, what's up? Amreus, what's up, brotherly tough? What is up, Crawley? What is up, Rye Guy? What is up, uh, Frank? Jake, how you doing? Tyler, already got you. Uh, everybody's here. So good saying hi to everybody. If I missed anybody, I apologize. Um, I, I, here's where I'm at. Expectation's still the same to win a Super Bowl expectations different from what I think the reality is or the optimism right. level that I have. Like to me, um, they're maxing at one win. I think they could beat Tampa or whomever they get from the South. If things play out the way we think, if Dallas doesn't lose and the Eagles stay in the five spot and all that, there is still a chance they could win the division and things could change. But if things go as according as planned, um, uh, I think they win a game, but I think the, the beyond that to expect anything different, I, I think you're really pushing it. Is it impossible? No, of course not. This team won a Super Bowl last year. This team was 10-1 and one at one point. So it's not impossible. And we've seen really weird things happen in the playoffs, and we've seen teams get on runs that we you know, never thought. The Giants were a 9-7 and seven team, and they ended up mm -hmm. winning a Super Bowl and all that. But if I'm being real, and, and I know people don't always want reality, but if I'm being real, I, I just don't see it, man. I don't see... I don't see enough on the defensive side of the ball, and I don't see enough offensively to make up for a really bad defense. And one of the things we are going to do today, a little bit later, is do you know talk about some of the, the the folks who are really underachieving this year and do a comparison on both sides of the ball from last year to this year. Okay, um, but I thought yesterday was interesting with Nick. Yesterday and today, as a matter of fact, was interesting with Nick Sirianni. And he talked about a couple of things. And one of the things he was asked about specifically was A.J. Brown not talking. And I think you and I, <laughs> yesterday, we, we've both kind of, I don't know, evolved or at least come to the point where we're like, do I love that A.J. Brown isn't talking? No, I don't love it. But do I understand, I think, where he's coming from? Yes. I think where he's coming from is, if he, I don't know that he's capable of giving you a PC BS answer. Like, I, I don't know that there's a filter there with A.J. Brown. He's capable, but he just doesn't want to. Okay, that's fine. He, you know, yeah, he, he, chooses, he, he doesn't want to. Okay, let's let's phrase it that way. So yeah. he chooses not to give you a, a BS answer. Therefore, if he is speaking his truth, now you, people could argue his truth, whatever. It's his truth. His truth is what, what this looks like. It, it, you know, he would, it would just be flammable, whatever he would say, because he would say this offense is not – going about things the right way. I'm not happy with this. I'm not, I, you know, the play calling. He would go on and on and on, right? Mm -hmm. So I think what he's trying to do is avoid that. Now, the problem is when you do that, there's a couple of things that happen. One, your teammates get asked why you aren't talking, which isn't fair to them, you know, in fairness. And the other part of it is 
it leaves some things open for interpretation. But I think he's doing it to try to not make things worse. It, that's what he's trying to do. So Nick was asked about this yesterday. And he said, basically, we're all frustrated. I've told you guys on and off the record that he's a great teammate, that he is somebody who works his tail off, that does all the things that you would want somebody to do. Now, uh, he didn't address whether he spoke to him directly or not uh, regarding this. And I do wonder if the organization at some point has to say to him, like, man, we need you to talk here or else this thing's going to get worse and worse. But that's what Nick had to say. I, I'm, I'm curious what, what you think about what's going on there. You know, I'm sure they spoke about it after the first time. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this has been a conversation. Um, Nick's perspective is exactly what it should be. Right. He's a good teammate. He's not going to jump out the window and, you know, throw AJ Brown under a bus. He's not, he's not, he's not going to do that. Right. He's going right. to try to give you the most PC um, colorless uh, response to that or answer to the AJ Brown situation as he possibly can. You know, the fact of the matter is, you know, when we look at when we looked at AJ Brown throughout the season, we would say to ourselves, "Why is he so frustrated? They're winning the games. They're winning." Right. But he was on the inside, looking out rather than us on the outside looking in. He sees what the Philadelphia Eagles really are, and he's also paying attention to the rest of the league. And um, he's thinking about where they were the season before and how close they came. And yeah. you know, in, in this life, you're either getting better or worse. You're either improving or dissolving so he i get I, I and this is me assuming right if i'm aj brown i'm assuming that he looked at this team this year think about where they were last year think is thinking about what's going on right now with the teams in his conference and across the nfl and thinking to himself we're not even that good we're not even that consistent or we're not even that buttoned up or whatever it may be right, right. You know, he again, a guy who's played this game for a long time and understands what it means to be great at what you do. It's not like he's just some third, you know, number three receiver or or a rotational edge rusher or a rookie or who doesn't really understand or, the league. Or a rookie. He's a he's a guy playing the playing uh, at the highest level at the top of his craft. He's arguably top five, top three in his field. Mm -hmm. So when you think about it from that perspective, I, you would like to think a guy like him knows good football, knows um, knows what should, knows what, what can work and what can't work. Um, but most of the time, people don't care about a wide receiver's opinions because their job is to catch the ball, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. They're you know they're a dependent position. But regardless, AJ Brown looks at the Philadelphia Eagles as a team that's underachieving. He looks at Jalen Hurts. He looks at Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. You got DeAndre Swift in the backfield, right? Look at that offensive line. And you say to yourself, why are we struggling to generate offense? Why are we struggling to sustain drives? It's a reasonable frustration. And when you look around and you see so many high-caliber people in the room with you, it doesn't make any sense. You know, and, and again, right, this is why the Eagles' issues are so damning because It'd be easier to digest our issues if you could look around and say, all right, you know, they, they only, they're they kind of one-dimensional offense. You know, they only have one really go-to guy. Um, you know, their defense is, you know, their defense, uh, they have all these injuries. It, it'd be things that you can make sense of, right? Limitations, right? But when you look at this team, you don't, you know, we didn't look at them as a team with necessarily limitations, at least on offense, right? We knew the defense would be limited, but at least on offense, 
where AJ Brown's coming from, we didn't think they'd be limited at all. We thought they would have the full gambit. Mm-hmm. But here we are, right? So how can we be mad at AJ Brown? How you know we look at Nick Sirianni right now as a guy who's um losing control. To me, he seems like a guy that's holding on for dear life to the steering wheel. Um I don't I don't think that man is fully confident in his position right now. Uh, I, I, I don't either. I, I think that there's no way he doesn't feel some of the sway of the locker room. Right? Like, you know, like not AJ's not the only one feeling that way. He's the of only course. one not expressing it. Other guys are giving you PC answers, which is fine. They're being pros. Okay. And other guys are just naturally positive. Brandon Graham's just a naturally positive human being. And think about the guys who just don't speak at all because right. they're not the ones you talk to at their game. Think about how much frustration they may have throughout the, you know, throughout right. the week or and, on game day. Like it's so it's 53, it's 54, 55 guys in that locker room. Like so. well, think about it. If, if we're as frustrated and fed up as we are with the expectations that we had for this season coming as close as they did last year, what do you think they're the especially the veteran guys are feeling? You know, uh, you know, without expressing it necessarily. So, no doubt, I think he feels it. I think he feels it in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing he discussed was he said he had no regrets. Now, to me, this goes above him, but we can we can debate that all we want. But no regrets making the change going to Patricia uh, over Desai. Now, here's the thing: there's been no improvement. Um, in fact, three games under Patricia. They're giving up 26.7 points per game as opposed to 24.7 points per game. So the teams are scoring two more per game. Mm-hmm. The other issue is in the last three games, Tone, in the second half, they've allowed 68 points. Okay. Now, I, I can give Patricia a bit of a break in the Seattle game because he took over that week. Okay. 50 points in the last two weeks in the second half. Like, so – Obviously, I didn't think Desai was doing it. This is not like a Desai defense necessarily. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was doing a great job. But clearly, you have a talent issue on the defensive side of the ball. You're not good enough. We know this, the, the back seven's not good enough. But with your front four playing the way that they're playing in, in combination with what's going on the back end, you're bad. Like, and we'll, we'll go through this in a minute. We're going to go through the defensive side and comp it to last year. You know, statistically mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. We'll do that in a minute. But your eyes have been telling you this for a while. And my, you know it what i It was another miscalculation. Right. It was and another you, miscalculation. I was saying to you, basically, they're going to have to just outshoot teams. And their offense isn't good enough to outshoot teams. Their offense is better than their defense, but it's not good enough to outshoot teams. So therein lies the other issue. Like, you're not the Chiefs of last year. Mm-hmm. Where Mahomes is going to perform magic tricks and, and win you games. But they're just not good enough. Period. Miscalculation after miscalculation after miscalculation. Um, you said something very key. The fact that we knew this team um, was weak on defense and Sean Desai wasn't really doing a great job. You know, there were we had moments where we were like, okay, we kind of see what this like what this defense can be. When Second half against the Chiefs or the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins or the Rams. Yep. You know, Shutting the bill, the, the um, Buccaneers down to eleven points. You know, now in hindsight, those teams are clearly better than even you know than we thought they would be. So, but we had flashes of Sean Desai's defense doing well. So we thought to ourselves, okay, can can they string this together? Can they string this along? Um, they 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 showed they weren't capable of that, and a lot of us were under the impression, damn, it's 
is showing the side underachieving, which he probably was. He was no one's going to sit here and say he was doing an amazing job. So I think we all welcomed a change, right? I don't think any of us, just based on how bad they were doing, any of us thought to ourselves, well, it can't get any worse, right? Right. But the way they handled it, not firing them outright, keeping them in the building, elevating Matt Patricia, it just created so much dysfunction. And I'm looking at Sean Desai as a guy who ultimately is trying to do the best he can with what he's given. Yeah, he's been a pro. And that's the issue. He hasn't been given much. No. When you really think about now looking at the roster, no linebacker core really. Um, The safety position is suspect. The cornerback position is suspect. Um, The D-line at this point in the season now is suspect. So when you think about from that perspective, to, to put Matt Patricia in a position where he obviously is going to benefit from lesser competition in comparison to Sean Desai, who just came off of losing to the Cowboys, the Niners, you know, going up against those upper t- mm-hmm. those upper tier quarterbacks, right? Chiefs and Bills, yep. Chiefs, Bills, uh, Cowboys prior to that. He had to go through a whole slew of quarterbacks and offenses, and, and you fired him based off of that. And then you put Matt Patricia in against the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cardinals, clearly teams that are nowhere near the caliber of those other teams. It's an unfair totally. um, grading. or you But, know, but all the more damning for the Patricia because which Patricia's is, numbers should be better. Exactly. And that's where I'm getting to. Yeah. It's even more damning. They thought they were covering themselves, but in reality, they exposed themselves even more that, hey, right. actually, this problem goes beyond your coaches. Mm-hmm. Now, Sean Desai doesn't look like the bad guy anymore. Right now, Sean Desai doesn't look like a guy that wasn't capable of doing his job. Right now, even though even Matt Patricia, right, if this thing goes south, which it already is, what can you say to him? Right. So now you went through two different guys calling the plays, and your defense still can't change the tone or make an impact. Yeah, that's an indictment on who else now? The upper, the the, the guys in the upper room. Yep. So by trying to play damage control, they created a bigger target for themselves. Yeah. But again, Agreed. another Agreed. another another miscalculation. Now, this is the area you can look at this thing one of two ways. You can say he's wishy-washy, he's not really, you know, firm in his convictions, or you can say at least he's being a human being and giving me a real answer. So he said basically, you know that drive, the the, the second to last drive, the one who, that, who are you talking about? Sirianni? I'm talking about Sirianni. Okay. I'm talking about yesterday at his press conference. Okay. So um the drive that ended up getting you the field goal, which then the, then the Cardinals went down the field and scored and, and ended the game basically. So mm-hmm. talk about that drive, which was terrible, right? Um, and the third down play, which you used, you, you called after a timeout, was Gainwell on a screen, which ends up getting Devontae Smith rolled up on. And I we I should have mentioned this off the top. It looks like it's just an ankle sprain for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be able to go this week or not, but it, it could have been a lot worse. So they're they're positive as far as that goes. Okay, that's good. Uh, but what he said was, you know what? Could I have been a little bit more aggressive on that drive, done things a little bit differently? Yes, uh, now that I look back. I'm not killing him for that one. I, I, I think he's, you know, he's being real about it. Nonetheless, what, I'm, what I will kill him about is you got to know at the time that your defense can't get a stop. And you have to take a shot to try to get that third down rather than go conservative there. And what my biggest issue is, you're throwing the ball to Kenneth Gamewell instead of trying to get the ball to A.J. Brown or, or Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard. That's Or Swift, even. Or even I have Swift. Four, yeah, there's four choices I go to before I go to Kenneth Gamewell. Right. That's my big issue. Why isn't anybody thinking that at the time, whether it's you or Brian Johnson? And you had time. You called a timeout. 
because I couldn't get because I couldn't get the first play in initially. Right. I mean, but either way, you had plenty of time to think about. It, and this is what we're going to draw up. That's my issue. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching the game. I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm watching the game and I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, that's the best you were able to come up with." First and twenty, mm-hmm. second and sixteen, whatever it was. Um, third and nineteen. Quarterback draw, quarterback draw, bubble screen to Kenny mm-hmm. Gainwell. That was the best that a Super Bowl caliber offense was able to come up with against the Arizona Cardinals. Eagles fans, let that settle in. Mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni in this staff, quarterback draw, quarterback draw, bubble screen to Kenny Gainwell. This team was just in the Super Bowl last year, and the, that was the best they were able to come up with against the Arizona Cardinals. They're in a bad way. They're in a bad way. How do you repair that, R.E.? Uh, well, let's I take don't know if that's something that changes. I don't know that it's repairable either, but let's take it a step further. Why are you really doing that? Are you afraid that your quarterback who's turned it over a ton is going to turn it over again? You, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're going to have some uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations, R.E. Do yep. the Philadelphia Eagles, does Nick Sirianni, has Nick Sirianni lost trust in Jalen Hurts? Mm-hmm. And, and if he has, then we have bigger problems than we thought. I mean, you talk about a guy who you just signed to a $250 million contract with crazy guaranteed money, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. You know, we're also talking about a guy who's who's got, what, uh, 14 interceptions this year, right? Are you really, if that's 19 the case, turnovers to be to- in, in, in great right. total. If you're that afraid, if you're afraid of your franchise quarterback throwing in that situation, then there's major issues here, Tone, that go way deeper than even we thought. But but I don't know what other – the only other I, – I draw two conclusions from that play call. Either you're afraid he's going to throw a pick or you're absolutely out of your mind, like clueless. Yeah. Like you, you're, you're not getting A.J. Brown or Devontae involved. And look, here's the thing, man. We're not going to sit here and – pretend like Jalen Hurts has been a turnover nightmare his entire his, his short-lived and four-year career that's that that hasn't been the case for him at all yeah. um you know in in 2020 in 2021 in 2021 he had nine interceptions and one lost fumble that's 10 turnovers right in 2022 he had six interceptions no lost fumbles so he went from so he went from ten he went from ten turnovers to only six turnovers, and then in twenty twenty three, he has um, see they keep saying he has eighteen, so I guess I was roll with it. He has eighteen total turnovers. I guess you know what I think. I think they I think they took away that fumble on the um, quarterback sneak against Washington. Remember he fumbled the other yep. quarterback sneak against Washington, yep. and it was a it was a it was a botch snap. I think they took that away from his from his uh, ledger. Mm-hmm. But anyway. He has 18, according to ESPN, he has 18 turnovers on the season in 2023, right? That's more um, than he had combined over the past two seasons in 2021 and 2022. Yep. So this isn't a trend for him. So for me to lose trust in a guy who was actually playing very well all day, was very accurate, was very accurate, was getting the ball out of his hands quick, was diagnosing what he was seeing, had no problem really all game, and it's first and 20 and you, and instead of, instead of trusting him to drop back and deliver the pass going forward to get more yards, you, t- you send him out there to do two quarterback draws and then you throw a bubble screen. So the two first two plays, you didn't, you didn't let him, you didn't let him throw the ball at all. The third play, you only trusted him enough to throw the ball 
30 feet, 40 feet away from, you know, himself to Kenny Gainwell on the sideline. So right. you, you didn't ever trust him to throw the ball downfield in the in, in the key situation. Uh you you play to win the game, not survive or not lose. You played to win. And and that was in that moment, Nick Sirianni did not play to win. He played he played to survive or just not lose. And how can we not look at that situation and say, where's your trust in your franchise quarterback? Mm-hmm. Where's your trust? Has Nick Sirianni lost trust in Jalen Hurts? That's just, that's something we all need to consider, it, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us. Because yeah. some of the decisions they made this year doesn't hinge on trust to me. It hinges on, it hinges on fear and um, self-preservation. You follow me? Yeah, well, the other part, too, is like I, I wonder, as much as we're talking about and concerned with you know how A.J. Brown feels or whatever his psyche is, what do you think Jalen Hurts is thinking right now? Like, what do you, when he, when that play is, is, you know, they're over there talking about it. Hey, this is what we're going to go with. Like, what do you think he's thinking? Like, dude, we're doing this. That's, and, and, and I think that's something that people are starting to get on Jalen Hurts about, right? Look, the turnovers are what they are and they make us upset. But I don't think we're looking at Jalen Hurts as some turnover machine, right? I think he's going to write the ship in that regard in the long term. Every quarterback has that, yeah. that year or two where he just, turns the ball over a lot every quarterback goes through that phase so i'm not worried about that right um but geez where was i going with this so he you're not worried that he's going to be a a turnover guy they should have trust in him and when a call like that is brought in what is he thinking yes what is he thinking when 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 those plays come in right 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 and he goes back to the huddle I'm so curious to know what the rest of the guys are immediately thinking. The moment the play comes in, what do they yep. say to themselves? It has to be someone that says, someone has to huff and puff. Someone has to just sigh in disbelief. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's no way they go on those huddles and they're fully confident in what's going on. Mm-hmm. And where you're not confident in what you're doing, you, 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 you don't approach it with max effort. It's, it's only natural. These guys are burnt out by the monotony of their head coach's game plans mm-hmm. that can have it's like it, it's like and I don't I, I, hate, I hate to compare these grown men to children in the classroom but just think about if you're uh okay your wife's a teacher right yes and she teaches what grade she teaches second grade he teaches second grade so what age is that typically yeah seven or eight seven or eight year old kids mm-hmm. you have your own children who are adults now young adults yeah. now yep Tell me Sometimes how... they act like they're seven or eight, but yes, yes, correct. So <laughs> Tell do I. me how difficult it is keeping a seven or eight-year-old stimulated. Extremely. Like, I'll give you an example, Tone. This is the day of school. She They went back to school today, okay? Okay. This is the day she dreads the most because the kids have been off for a while. It's the hardest day to rein them back in to try to get them to dial in on the lesson plan or whatever you're trying to teach them because they're just, they're all over the place because they're accustomed to being, you know, at home Free, and doing yeah. whatever they want to do. So the, it, it's a, a perfect example. It's a hard day to rein them in and get them stimulated or locked into what you're trying to do. Exactly. So, you know, when you think about these guys and, you know, and, you know, with your wife, with her lesson plan, I'm yeah. sure she has to go above and beyond on that day. Just, just to keep the keep, keep the kids stimulated and mm-hmm. locked in and entertained and and as and as the school year goes, you know, okay, you guys, it's, you know, we're gonna at some point you're not gonna reinvent the wheel, so you got to yeah. find new ways to just you know reinvent the Correct. same lesson plans, or whatever. I mean, you got to be creative. You got to get these guys involved, excited. You know what I mean? Interactive. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think this coaching staff has done enough to keep this offense to keep you know to keep their dogs well fed. I, I agree with think, you. I don't think they've done a good enough job keeping their guys stimulated throughout the long, grueling NFL season. Yeah, it lacks. It's lacked all year creativity, uh, especially on the offensive side. I think on the defensive side, you lack talent, uh, and at the offensive side, you lack, lack creativity. All right, I, I, normally we hit the the Eagles question of the day right away in the first segment, but I want to hold it. I want to pose it to you, Tone, and then take a timeout, and I want everybody, you and, and the chat, to everybody to chime in and think about this, okay? And by the way, uh, great points in the chat by everybody. I, I saw uh, Coach Marcus saying, think of the looks that they're giving Sirianni in the film room. I, I, I you know, he's, he's lived that life, uh, being a former Eagle yeah. NFL player. But and John but I, brings I, up a good point, too. Yeah. John, I, John, thank you for your post. I saw this on the final huddle. AJ was barely in it. Yeah, I, I saw that, John, yeah. and I thought to myself, he must not be happy about what just got. I saw that, John. I'm so I'm so glad you you pointed that out because, you know, um, body language tells everything. Let me and tell I, you one more. I noticed it. I noticed it myself. Give you another one. Go back if you get a chance to watch the game again, in particular if you have access to the All 22. Watch the body language from from Hassan Reddick when he's dropped back in coverage ten times in the game, which is unfathomable. Okay, it's coaching malpractice. But watch the body language after every time he's in coverage or whatever. He just kind of looks over the sideline like, we're doing this again. We're going to keep doing this. Like, again, I know I'm reading into it, but I'm, I can tell when a guy's like, dude, really? This is Listen, what we're doing? You're not and reading then, into then, it. You're, you you have eyes. But yeah. you, you know body language, man. You've been covering yeah. this game, this sport, you know, many sports for a long time. You, you, you're in the people business, right? You communicate yeah. with people all the time. You've had to work with people in person, talk to these players, whatever it may be. You're in the people business. You know what it's like when a guy's in utter disbelief about what he's being told to do. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm telling you, man. You're right about it. You guys are right about AJ, but I'm, it's on the other side, too, the other side of the ball. Like, you have guys like, do you know who I am and what I do, what I do best? Put me in a position to do what I do best. That's rush the quarterback, not cover guys in coverage. All right, so when we come back, here's the question that I have for you, Tone. I want you to ponder this one. Everybody in the locker, in the uh, chat room, to ponder this one. Uh, I like that. We just call it the locker room. That's nice. Um, <laughs> is Nick Sirianni coaching for his job the rest of this season? Is he coaching for his job? Let's think Hell about question, that. Question, Re. Hell of a yeah. question. You, Let, you, you, you trying to start trouble, man? <laughs> Let's ponder that. All right, we'll get I'll into it when it. we get back. All right, don't go anywhere. He's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I only tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I think we could all use a slice after the way the Eagles have been playing, right? Uh, Family-owned since 1985. I've been going there since I was a kid. You got Alex and his crew there seven days a week, just doing an amazing job, uh, variety, fresh food, options for you, 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. Uh, they have the you name it, they'll make it, specialized pizza your way. They don't just do pizza. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for little leagues, for schools, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of, at the Bravo Pizza of, uh, for Instagram, uh, on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, PA. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown, Pennsylvania. Give them a call right now, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken 
when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We are back. Yes, he is Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis hanging out with you. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. If you could, please hit the like button, friends. All right, so I posed a question to you before we uh, stepped aside, Tone. 
And the question is, is Nick Sirianni coaching uh, for his job over the course of however long this season goes? We know there's one more regular season game, 425 Sunday against the Giants. There will be a playoff game. We don't know for certain who they will be playing. It will be on the road. Um, so that's the that's where I want to jump off here with you uh, when it comes to Nick. Um, where are you on this? I'll just say, let me just jump real quick. I, I will say yeah, this. Yeah, no I, I don't think he's coaching for his job. Um, I do think he's back. I think the fact that he's gone to three playoff, the playoffs three times, excuse me, in his three years, including a Super Bowl, the fact that he's 34 and 16 in the regular season, I think buys him at least one more year. Um, but I will tell you that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman and the front office is not one who, who takes real kindly to the way this has gone. Um, to the way this has played out, to, to, the, to the fractures, to um, even if you want to talk about the defense, which is fair, not being talented enough, that's not the, there's not the same excuse for the offense. Um, I think that he is very much on a seat that will be extremely hot in 2024, but I do think he's back. Where do you fall on this? You know, I, like to, I would like to think that um, – Teams don't make knee-jerk reactions, but we've seen the Philadelphia Eagles are already on that pace with yeah. the Sean Desai move, right? Yeah. So they've clearly knocked over the first domino, the first chess piece, saying that this season is not up to par. Sean Desai was the first domino, but they kept him in the building nonetheless. Yeah. Um, Brian Johnson, he would be the next domino. And then Nick Sirianni after that. I look at a guy. I look at Nick Sirianni. I look at Nick as a guy being in a situation where the heat is definitely on. Yeah. Because of the expectations of the team, because of where you were the year before, because of the talent, the investment being made from this front office and this organization. So, when I think about it from that perspective, that kind of expedites um, the temperature of his seat. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, I like, I like your phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> think about, think about, um, you know, Doug, Doug actually won the Super Bowl, and that only bought him another three years in the city. Tone won and then won a playoff game the next year. Lost one. Without your, without your franchise. Court. So for yeah. two playoff runs. Oh, I'm so glad you, that's why I love working with you, Rob, because you get my juices flowing. He, he through through his five years in Philadelphia and through four five years in Philadelphia, right? And I believe three of the years of playoff season. Correct. Yeah, they they eighteen they could have won in New Orleans had maybe Alshon caught that, right. but they won a playoff game in Chicago. And then they lost they the next year when uh, in Seattle, right? Carson went down and it was a mess. After right, that. it was a home game for us, but we, correct. Yeah, Seattle came in and beat us twice that year. But right. my point is right, Doug Peterson. He had two seasons without his franchise quarterback. Two playoff runs without a, without his court without a quarterback. He made it to a divisional round and, and won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Right. And then the one time he has this guy, they lose in the first round because the one cut because because he can't he can't first get off series the, I believe first, it was the other first, first or the second first series. it was the first quarter whatever it was. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is Doug Peterson has done more. And got fired for less. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, ultimately, he won one. Nick got to one, but Doug it, it, won Exactly. One. Exactly. And no one remembers the loser. To the victor goes the spoils. So, yeah. Nick, yeah, he made it to a Super Bowl, but how long does an appearance last? If a, if a win only lasts you three years, how long do you think just making it there lasts? I, I underachieving with the roster. So, um, do I believe his seat is officially warm or hot? Yes. Because... They entered the Eagles, and I'm pretty sure we all did. We all entered this season thinking, yeah, this thing's wide open, right? And the right. NFC only got thinking about maybe two teams. Cowboys you know? and Niners. Yep. Cowboys and Niners. And the Eagles definitely thought they were on par with those teams because of mm-hmm. you know, how things went last year. You know, they beat Dallas earlier this year. Right. They're thinking, okay, we, with the weapons we got, we could we could go to to anybody. Yep. It finds out they're nowhere near that level. Why? You look at the defensive deficiencies. You look at the coaching staff making the mistakes they make and, um, and so on and so forth. Nick Sirianni, I think him coaching for his job started after that Seattle loss. I don't think it ends. I think from this point forward, he is literally coaching for his long-term future in Philadelphia. Even if he doesn't get fired this offseason, I think he's still coaching for his job. From, from, from the moment that Seattle loss, he's he's coaching for his job every week now. Because what they're, yeah. what they're doing is they're, they're docketing everything now. Right. They're, they're okay, so we okay. You lost to the Cardinals, blew that. You had the Giants in the game where they're nowhere near our level at this point. Now they're just keeping you know, they're just cataloging his failures at this point. Yeah, my humble opinion. So, so I think he is coaching for his job. Okay, okay. And look, that's fair. The, the, the only reason I say I think he's safe this year is because it's so fresh that they went to the Super Bowl, that it was just last year that he has been in the playoffs all three years, but. Like we had the expectation of this team winning a Super Bowl, so did they. Like just getting to the playoffs this year, and if it's one and done or 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 two and done, if you lose in the second round, whatever, absolutely not acceptable in in the least. And and the way the other part of it, Tony, is you and everything you just laid out is right in terms of the losses and you know what I mean. They've lost what four of their last five, all that. Mm-hmm. You're trending wrong at the wrong time, and not only that. There's all this other the locker room dynamics, which we thought you remember mm-hmm. the one thing you could always hang your hat on with this team was their culture's great. Like you get no BS. Everybody's dialed in. You have leaders, you have layers of leaders. And you know, from the older guys to Jalen, Nick connects with these guys. If Nick is not an X and O man, if that's what we're led to believe, right? If he's not schemed this thing up well, which it sort of feels like, right? Offensively. And he's the one who's always telling you, blame me, blame me. Okay, well, we're gonna blame you. But the other part is if you're not able to rein in your dudes or have your guys buy in to what you're doing, which it seems like there's not all buy, there's not full buy-in right now. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, that's maybe even more damning because you could always go out there and find that offensive wonderkin. Like you can find a Steichen type or somebody like that who can come in here and upgrade your offense. But if you can't connect with your guys on a bigger level as the head coach and get them to fully believe in you, what are you left with, man? Like, ultimately, what is he if he's not that guy? Because that's exactly. who he is. You know, exactly. he's not Sean McVay where he can tell you what play happened in 1996. He's not that guy. That's fine. But right. you better be able to, to have the other part, too. See, here's the thing that I, I think I'm realizing um, the more I talk about this game and just listen to players talk in their press conferences and – you know, not just the Eagles, but also other teams as well. You know, just yep. keeping up what's going on. What I'm, what I'm realizing, especially with the bad teams, what I'm realizing is 
these players don't care about you being a friend. They care about their their biggest question for you as a coach. If you're coming in, if you're a coach, if you're OC, DC position, their biggest thing is, can you make me better? Yep. Can you help me get better? Can you help me realize something that I didn't realize I had inside of me? Right. That's that's what players care about. They don't want to be these guys' friends. They don't want to take these guys out for a beer or invite them to the wet. They don't care about, can you make me better? And can I trust you with my career? These players, just how these organizations are trusting these players to do right by their team and produce, these players are trusting these organizations with their careers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Think about how many players come into this league, and if they go to the wrong situation, that can make a break. That can make a break the entire trajectory of the career. Right. Well, right. think about it, Tone. It's twofold. One, let, let's be real. You want to get you want a coach to get the most out of you because you're going to get you're going to maximize your pay. Okay, you're going to make the most money that you can make. Exactly. You also want to win a championship. Okay, so there's two things at yeah, play. Everyone likes winning, so yeah, of you're course. right. And if you don't feel like that, that guy can do that, can get the most out of you in terms of of maximizing your financial potential, and you're putting your body on the line to try to win a championship. If you feel like that stuff isn't happening, you're checked out. You're and going. that's where the Philadelphia Eagles are, in my opinion. Yeah, that's where Nick Sirianni is with this team. I think. They had, and again, they started off ten and one. They rolled the they rolled the fumes of twenty twenty two for as long as they could, and then eventually, that that check engine light came on. Right, <laughs> and guess what? They they lifted up the hood and they realized, hold on, wait, this this ain't a V six. <laughs> what is <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so so um, I think the cat's out of the bag. Well, I, I think there's two. It. I think there's two things that are obvious. Right, the obvious one is. Shane Steichen covered up for Nick's shortcomings as an offensive mind. Okay. In my opinion, again, just my, my humble opinion here. And Steichen has gone on to show you what he can do. I can only imagine when that guy starts really getting weapons, what it's going to look like, you know, with him. So Steichen was, was a very smart dude. Gannon was better than people want to give him credit for. I get the way the Super Bowl went, but he was bad. He was better. This is chaos now on the defensive side. Like it's awful. So he was better. So you lose those two. You're taking a step back in both places with your coordinators. And it and the, the light is shining that much brighter on Nick now. And how is he responding to it? I don't think he's responded very well to it, frankly, um, because I don't know that he knows how to either X and O his way out of it or get these guys who are clearly unhappy back on board. And and, and that's that's a big indictment on both ends. It's 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 an emotional thing, and it's also just a techni- technician thing as well. Listen, if you notice, none of these players have gone out on the limb for Nick. None of them have said, hey, listen, you know, we still trust, you know, the, you know what we're doing. And, you know, we've we got Nick's back. You know, we're just going through a tough time. None of them have really kind of just fallen on the sword for Nick the way he always falls on the sword for his coaches or whatever it may be. Like, none of them have gone out their way to say, nah, Nick's not the issue. None of them have. Yeah. You know, if – We've seen situations where probably a coach gets a bad a bad hand dealt, and they said, "Nah, like he he he's a he's a good coach. You know, we we, we still believe in him. You know, we just you know we you know we got to do our part. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. A lot of guys will say, "Hey, this is us, man. You know, like I think yeah. I think uh, who was it? I think it was Slay. Was like, dude, don't put it on the side. We didn't play well enough. You know, right? So we right exactly. So we've seen players take accountability. Yeah, especially on this team. Yep. I'm not seeing that. I don't see them going the extra mile. To you know, to kind of quell the flames of, you know, was you know what's coming Nick Sirianni's way, right. and it's and, and, and it's telling. And look, 
I'm so sure. I'm sure Nick Sirianni is a good dude, family guy, nice guy, fun to be around, a nice hang, whatever it is. Like, I'm sure he's a swell guy to be around. I, yeah. I have no doubt about that. But, 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 is he a leader of men in this regard, in this context? Right? Is he someone that these players can trust? And let's get back to our original point. Do they trust him? Can they trust him to maximize their earning potential? And maximize um, their playing potential on the field, right? That that's all these players really, really care about. Mm-hmm. How much money can you help me make, and how much better can you help me become? I think that level of trust is gone. Hence, why AJ Brown's not talking. You see the level of frustration on Jason. You see the level of frustration in Jason Kelsey's press conferences. Jalen Hurts kind of seems like he's just towing the company line doing the best he can. Um, and look, there are so many other things to talk about this team. But but and real quick, I don't want to go get off it because I want to follow up with this yes. to you. So here's the million-dollar question. If he's lost it, can he get it back? Is there a way to get this back? Is there a way to relate to them and get them back Take it on a step board further than that. Have we ever seen it done? Into the abyss. Take it further than that. Have we ever seen that get done have we ever seen someone lose it and then get it back and then that begs the question did he ever have it really in the first place was it more so the winning that winning is a great deodorant we all know Mm -hmm. that you know what i mean hey listen if we're winning and it's working all right whatever but when things start to go south your real feelings about something start to come to the surface yeah so um can he earn it back schmape have, the question is, have we ever seen that in sports? Have we ever seen a coach lose a locker room and then get it back? Well, I, I guess I'll ask it in it. I'll, I'll pose this and I'm asking, this is me just throwing it out there. Is it as simple as you get a couple wins and everything becomes fine? Or is it, is it way more complicated than that? Am I simple? Mm. Am I maybe being too simplistic? With that, because we always talk about how winning is the great deodorant. Does that just cover, or is that covering up <laughs> the stink <laughs> that's eventually going to waft out? <laughs> that's a. I mean, you, you're asking a very viable question, right? Yeah. If they win, can can this thing um, subside, right? And as far as the regular season goes, no. There's nothing they can do in the regular season that's going to change how they feel about their situation because it's, the regular season's done. Basically, yeah. it's done. It's gone. Yeah. You got one game against the Giants, and other, after that, the playoffs start. Yeah. The only way that so, – so he missed – the Eagles missed their opportunity to, you know, put the you know put the flames or put the put the naysayers to the bed. They missed their opportunity, right? Yeah. Okay, you lost to the Cowboys. You lost to the Niners. All right, whatever. It happens. Um, Cowboys got blown out by the Niners. Niners got blown out by the Ravens. Lions got blown out by the Ravens. Um um, yeah, we, we've seen all the Miami. good teams have their have their stretches where you know, look Every at Buffalo. Got- a great Buffalo is a great example. They started the season off terribly, including yes. the loss to the Eagles here, and they've won what four straight, five of six yeah. or whatever. They look like a totally different team right now. Every team has had to pay the piper at some point. And, and Coach Marcus says the Giants in 2011, they were nine and seven and yeah, ended exactly. up winning the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think that Giants defense is way better than this one. In the Eagles, I, but, not but, even close. Yeah, not even close. But 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 nonetheless, though, every yeah. team has every team has gone through um, the ringer at some point this season. And you ask, is is um, is there anything that can happen? 
that can help restore that confidence. And no, they, they missed their opportunity. The opportunity to do that was against Seattle. The opportunity to, to do that against the Giants and the Cardinals. They missed that. They've gone one and three in that stretch. So now the only thing that can restore some level of confidence is how far you go in the playoffs. And even if you lose in the NFC Championship, the team is going to feel like we, did, we, we, we were never playing at our best in the first place. We were lucky mm-hmm. to be here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so the only thing that can change anything is how far they go in the playoffs. If they make it to an NFC Championship and lose a tough game, okay, whatever, they make it to the Super Bowl. They, who knows? Who knows? Anything can happen in the playoffs at this point. But not, there's, there's nothing they can do today or this upcoming Sunday to change how they feel about their current situation. They had to go into the playoffs and rectify their demons. Right. Yeah. And that, and that's the biggest thing. It's like there to me, there's nothing that I can see this week to push me in a positive light. In other words, the Eagles go out there and they do what they're supposed to do and they hammer the Giants. It's not moving the needle for me one bit. I'll be honest with you, Tony. Now, Obviously, if they don't play well, lose, or it's a close game, it, it can further, I think, send you spiraling a little bit. But the, they've just gotten to the point now where I'm like, whatever. If they go out and systematically destroy the Giants, like whatever. Like that's where I'm at. I don't like being there, but that's where I'm at. So then it really begins the following week with whomever they get. You now it's likely going to be the Bucks or the or the Saints. If if you're, I think the Cowboys beat the Commanders, but you know whatever. You could still get a miracle, and that could happen, and you could win the the NFC East. But that's most likely what it's going to be. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, I think they put themselves in a spot where at least the fan base is looking at it like, you know what? Talk to me in two weeks. This is just a formality. We got to get through this game, and hopefully, nobody mm-hmm. gets hurt uh, against the Giants. Absolutely. And, that, and you asked me yesterday, um, where am I with this whole thing? And I'm like, I, I, I just want to. I'm ready for it to be over, right? Yeah. <laughs> and right. Like, and like, and that's and that's that's pretty much what I meant. Like, I, I'm I'm done with the formalities. Let's just let's let's just go to make a break time. I'm ready mm-hmm. for one and done time. You know, I'm ready for I'm because you know all we keep doing all throughout the season was you know when the playoffs come, you know they're gonna turn it on or um you know when it's put up or shut up time, this Eagles team always shows up. Okay, I'm 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 waiting for that moment. Yeah. I'm waiting I'm waiting for when they know you win or you take your ass home. Yeah, I'm. I'm waiting for that moment. I, I, I want to see what the play calling, what the effort, um, what the production is like then. Yeah, you know when you know when when everyone is literally hanging on by the skin of their teeth. Mm-hmm. I want to see what this team, what, what this team will give us in, in in those moments, knowing what we know about them this season because they haven't been great at all. So again, I'm curious to know what that looks like, especially after we had such faith in the culture and the leadership, like. Reward the faith. Mm. Show us that, hey, it's it's playoff time. Now it's real. Whatever happened, happened. But we're going to show you that we're focused here and we're going to get our act together. Now, you can believe that or not, but that's that's the, you know, that if that's who you are, you want to show us who your, your real character is, that's the only way, you know, starting. You've made it really difficult on yourself. Brendan Graham said it. Brendan Graham yeah. said, once the playoffs start, everyone's everyone's oh no. Zero and zero. Okay. And he's right. He's ultimately yeah. right. But we also know what we've seen all year as well. So you know, uh, we'll, we'll see, Rob. We'll, yeah. we'll see how this thing turns out. All right. When we come back, I, I want to do a little comp. Um, and we're going to kind of dive into the offense and the defense here, Tone, in terms of looking at, you know, what's happened. You know, try to, try to put a 
you know, from, from a, a numeric or statistical uh, spin, uh, the reason why this doesn't look the same as it looked last year. So we'll get into that uh, when we come back. Don't go anywhere. He's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you right now about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances, it's imperative, right? And, it, and it's very difficult at times uh, to find that right person. Well, I found the right person, and I want you to have that same right person as well. And that's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. Uh, you might have a small business. And you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's yet another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. You can give him a call right now. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. The other thing is he's always there to talk to you, talk to you about what's going on with your plan, uh, what might be some better options for you if you have a question about something. He's great with answering all those things and, and making it all about you. Uh, you could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
GLES Eagles. We're back. We are Sports Day. He is Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Tuesday, January 2nd. Hope you had hey, a great Rob, week. I got a question for you, man. Yes, sir. I got a question for you. You know, yeah. Uh, I love the way you intro the shows, by the way. I love the way you intro the segments. You always do a great job, man. Uh, but I gotta ask you something, man. I like I like the stubble. I like the uh I like the uh the shadow, man. You ever thought about uh letting it grow out a little bit? So so here there's two things, right? It was everybody says this and people are like, it wasn't planned. So what ha- here's what happened. So I I'll generally shave two or three days a week, so give or take, right? Depending on the okay. Week. So last week I was I was doing the uh, the morning show for WIP, which means you're up at like three fifty in the morning, and you, you know you're rolling out early. It's I'm like I'm showering, but I'm not shaving on you know on, a, on that early, <laughs> right? So I had that going on, and I'm like, forget it. I just bagged it last week, and then I totally forgot about I was going to shave yesterday, and I just forgot. Honestly, I'm I'm telling you the truth. And now today, I'm like, you know what? Let's see where we go with this thing for a little while. The only problem is tone. It, it's it's too gray, man. It's too gray. You know nah, I mean? nah, I'm telling you, you don't man. Think? All right. No, no, man. Right. You gotta be you gotta be on your Ron White stuff, man. Just let it just let it grow. Just let it grow, man. I'm telling right. you, you're gonna you're gonna look distinguished. I, I might go with it. I might go with it. We'll see. But I appreciate it, man. I appreciate. Listen, it. I like I like the clean look that you got going on, man. Looking listen, good. Man, it's so funny. Um, just just so you know, this a man with a, a man with a beard is always a man with a plant. I'll tell you like that, that right away. I no, like that. Just think about that. Okay. Listen, right. any, any any movie you watch, pay attention who has the plan. <laughs> it's it's always the guy point. with the beard. It's, it's always the guy with the beard. And, uh, as far, and, as far, and as far as this shaved head, man, listen, I'm on, I'm on my bane, man. I feel like bane every time I cut it off. I feel like bane. <laughs> I just feel, I feel like I was, I like, I was it. born in the dark. You know oh, what I mean? So, yes, um, yes. But no, man, I, I, I like it. It's new, it's new for me. Oh, uh, it was a, it was a new thing. I took, I took on um, moving to Texas, and I say, and then I say, you know what? I'm just gonna um, just shave it all off. Um, ha- uh, hairline was betraying me anyway. So yeah. I said, you know what? Let's just go all in on the beard and just. I like it, dude. In, I man. told so, you the first time you did it, I liked it as soon as as soon as I saw it, man. So remember, like, I told you, man, though, yeah. keep the beard. A guy <laughs> with the beard is always a guy with the plan. I'm in, man. I'm getting a lot of silver fox in the chat. <laughs> yeah, man. Be, be a silver Logan. Person. Yeah, silver fox. I like it. I follow this Instagram page called uh, Silver Fox. I, love, I think it's called. I think it's called Silver Silver Fox Gang. All and right. basically, it's a bunch of older guys. That are you know that take really good care of themselves. Yeah, you know it's kind of, it's kind of motivation for me for as I get older. You know what gotcha. I mean? I like it. I, I got to I got to get on that man. They stay yeah. fly, beards gray. You know, okay. suited up, booted up. I'm telling you, man, <laughs> the silver silver foxes they're they're in, they're in. <laughs> All right, done. You you, you convinced me, man. <laughs> um, somebody said playoff beard. I hope so. I hope I'm growing this thing for a while, man. At least another month or so or whatever. Um, all right, so I, I I was digging around a little bit today, and I started looking at some things. Telling, I'll, I'll start on the defensive side of the ball, and then hop over to the offense. All right, so let's just do a little compare and contrast, okay? So this year they have 41 sacks with one game left compared to 70 last year. That's a massive That's a massive fall off. Yeah. Okay. But even 70 was like unheard of at that time. You know, right. so it was like it's so even I, I expected like 55 sacks. This 55 year. is a good number. I was just going to say the same thing. Like, that's what it is. That's still really good. 41 mm-hmm. is middling at best and and totally not acceptable. 
like for example, okay, Sweat last year had eleven. He's got six and a half. So his his productivity is almost dipped, close to half, not quite. Mm-hmm. Reddick had sixteen last year. He's got eleven this year. Not that eleven's bad, but you know, you go from sixteen to eleven, it's five less right now. Granted, they do have one more game. Fletcher Cox went from seven to five. I mean, Fletcher's been really good. He's not a guy I would come down on, honestly. Yeah. And um, also, by the way, for context, the league leading team in sacks is the Ravens, and they had 57. So, you know, the Eagles and um the Eagles right now, they're in the lower half of the league with 41. Yes. So it's a huge drop off. They're in the, you know, they're in the room with the Jets and the Raiders and the Packers and the Falcons, all you know, as far as you know, sack counts, right? Right. But Ravens, Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Dolphins. They're the only four teams in the league with 53 or more total sacks on the season, with mm-hmm. 50 or more sacks. I mean, um, I expected them to be in the top five. Yeah, exactly. I expected them to be in the top five minimum. minimum. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, and the other one is, and we look, we love them. What's not the love, man? But Brandon Graham went from 11 to three. And I know he has limited snaps. There is, It's a little bit understandable. But still, his snaps were pretty limited last year, too. The production just hasn't been there. Yeah, 11, 11 last year was actually a miracle when you think about it in the long run because, like you said, he had limited snaps last year. Um, just to put it in context, um, Brandon Graham, last year from a snap count perspective, uh, he, was, he was on the field 43% of the time on defense with 474 total snaps this year. That that forty three percent has dropped to thirty three percent with three hundred sixty five total defensive snaps. So he's been on so far through the season, through um, he's been he's been on the field a, about a hundred snaps less mm. um than he was last year. So I mean a lot can happen in a hundred snaps, right? Sure. So um he they they definitely haven't given him an opportunity to you know to add on to what he you know to what he did last year. Um, but I guess in, in all fairness to him, only being on the field for 33% of the snaps, there are just 65 total snaps and you come away with how many sets you said he has, a uh, BG has three as during the season. I mean, you know, it's kind of, I, I can't really kill him because yeah. even, even at this point in his career, if he's giving you six sacks, seven sacks a season, that's great. Oh, it's awesome. Right. So. I, I, no, I awesome. just I just don't think he's been having the opportunities. Yeah, Ian says, well, he was – the previous season he was – he was, I guess he's saying he was well-rested due to an injury. Yes and no. That's, a good, that's, that's, that's a good point. He, had, he he tore the Achilles in week two of right. 2021, and he rested that whole season, and he came in 2022 with just this this reserve. So that, that's a good point. It is. It's fair. I mean, but you all are also rehabbing off, a, off an Achilles, which is a lot, too, at an older yeah. age for him. But no, no doubt. I mean, the sad thing is – this is, this is probably his last year as an Eagle. If he wants to keep playing, it won't be here. I don't think, and and that you know, that's a shame. You're losing just an unbelievable human being. Yeah. But and if and, and if there was a season to have the fall off, you would have thought it would have been last year coming up to Achilles. But he came yeah. back like gangbusters, and that you know you rarely see guys at that age come back with that level of intensity, true, um, and that level of production with the limited amount of opportunities. Last year was just a magical year, which goes back to the fact that we talk about how this year is so damning because last year didn't end the way it was supposed to go. Right. They were so exactly. close. That, that's what makes this year so darn damning. Because it's like you were so close then, and now you're even further away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you've gone, the, you've gone the other way. Right, and teams have gotten better. Yes. You know, the Rams have gotten better. The Lions have gotten better. better. Lions mm-hmm. have gotten better. You know, the Niners and the Cowboys, they've gotten better. So 
it's like, damn, we've gotten worse. Everyone else has gotten better. We, mm-hmm. You know, what's the natural law of motion at that point? Yeah, agreed. Uh, all right. So, and I started with the defensive line for a reason because I think they've let them down more than any other, you know, part of that defense, any other, any other unit. They're also toned 30th in third down efficiency in defense. So they're third to last in the league. Uh, opponents are converting at 46.5% against them. That's been a problem all year. It's the reason why they, they were, you know, they, the Cardinals held the ball for 19 more minutes, why they had all those long drives. You can't get off the field. And it's been an issue all year for these guys, man. So, and that's a, that large part of that is pass rush. Large part of that is you don't cover well. Okay. Um, the other thing is 2022, they had 27 takeaways. Steam has 17. They have 10 mm-hmm. less um, than they had all of last season. They rarely intercept the ball. They, they look, they, they had a big play on Sunday, but if we're being totally real, it's a miscommunication between Kyler Murray and his receiver. Now, Sidney Brown the, made the, the receiver was open. He yeah. just he threw it to the wrong. It was the wrong read. You're right. And now, Sidney Brown made the most of it, no doubt. But it, you know, it's it's that happened. But it's so rare that that happens for this team, where they take the ball away. That you know, it, it's it's the point where it's absurd. So you're not getting sacked. Oh, by the way, the edge rushers have zero sacks in the last three weeks since since uh, Patricia took this over. Not one. Okay? Part of that is you're dropping Hassan Reddick into coverage 10 times against the Cardinals. and I, But I'm not excusing those guys either. They need to get home. But you don't have one. You're, all your stuff's come from the interior. Fletcher got one. Uh, Jalen Carter got one. And Shaq Leonard got one. You're, you're a linebacker. But your edge guys have none in the last three games. That's terrible. I mean, totally unacceptable. They haven't been um, doing a good job with the edge guys this year. Um, the fact that Hassan Reddick has the sacks he has is, is remarkable. But the edge, but they 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 have not gotten the production out of the edge rushing position like they thought they would. They haven't yeah. they haven't gotten excuse me they haven't gotten the production from Nolan Smith that they thought they would like. Granted, he wasn't really getting that many snaps earlier on, and now they're expecting him to just come in and just be a difference maker. Not fair to him. Um, Obviously, haven't having we haven't gotten the the level of production out of uh, Brandon Graham that we would like. Uh, Josh Sweat. Um, all things considered, Hassan Reddick is having a down year. Even though he has double digit sacks, it's still a down year for it's him. A good year, but it's not as good. It's not yeah, as good. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. If anything, you can make an argument that this season is a regression to the mean because. 2020 he had 12 and a half sacks 2021 he had 11 sacks 2022 was the break was the 16 sack year and if you want to consider the additional sacks he had in the playoffs he ended the season with 19 and a half sacks on the season yeah. basically Huge. 20 sacks um if you count the playoffs and then now he only has 11 so um lord knows how many he'll get in the playoffs but right now it's actually a regression to his actual production last year was the was the was the true anomaly mm-hmm. um Overall, though, the defensive line has been underwhelming, and I've tried to give them a pass. You know, we talked about them several weeks in a row, and I, and you, you know me, Rob, I've tried to throw them, you know, breaks because they haven't gotten the production out of the linebacker, out of the linebacker crew, or the DBs haven't been able to hold up for longer than two point five seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've done, I've done my best to try to cover for these guys, but ultimately, um, I just don't see a team that's. Oh, I don't see a defensive line that's effective anymore. They're not. They're not stopping the run. They're not getting to the quarterback. So, what are they at this point? I, 
they're a team that is is going backwards fast, and there's no answers. Doesn't matter if it's Patricia or Desai or anybody else; they don't have answers to try to fix it. That's the, one of the biggest issues. Now, let's go to the secondary. Look, it, even it's hard to even really uh, portray this statistically, but James Bradbury's been horrible. Um, <laughs> you know, he's got one interception. I don't know how else to say. I don't it, know but... why that just made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a stat, but it's just he's the, been yeah. horrible. Horrible. He, he's been he's been terrible. He's been he's been radioactive. Like <laughs> yeah. So he's got one pick on the season. He's got twelve pass defense, and he's the guy yeah. they go after every week. He's the guy they pick on, and it's no lie. It's not a shame they pick on your most. They pick on your vested veteran. Well, think about it. Right now, you're in a situation where they're going after Bradbury, and you don't have Slay. It's like you're just you're just suckers, man. You just you just got you know bullseyes pointed on you. And in turn, what ends up happening is you're throwing guys out there who aren't ready. Eli, and, and I think there's potential with Ringo and Ricks and a couple of these guys, but they're out there learning on the job, which means you're seeing mistakes made, which they're thinking but instead of reacting, which is only natural for a young guy. And it's it's like a perfect storm for the Eagles because that you were counting on the veteran guys. That that includes Maddox, who just came back, and I haven't heard anything on his uh, on the arm yet uh, with him, but. You know, he can't stay on the field. Slay's banged up. Bradbury's been terrible. You brought in guys like Roby who were okay, you know, but there's a reason why Roby wasn't on a team. And you've tried to get by with it. And and the, you couple that with the fact that you're not getting a pass rush and, and teams are just killing you in the air. This, this this defense is going to be in trouble for the next few years unless, oh man, unless they find a way to hit in the draft. And they bring in a couple, a couple free agents in certain spots. I don't know what the plan is going to be. Um, I haven't. Um, I don't know what the fuck, what the cap flexibility is going to be. Um, I haven't looked into it recently. But they have to hit uh, the for Bradbury. Because, it's major. It's like twenty nine million. Well, well, you know, well, well, I mean, just in general, how much oh, money they have you. to play with, you. right? So. They're going to have to hit in the draft. Those draft picks from the past couple of years on defense. They're yeah. going to start. They're going to have to start hitting. They're going to have to hit on guys in this upcoming draft on defense. This defense is going to be very young. Yep, very young going forward. And I, and, and, I, and I want Eagles fans to prepare themselves for that. They're going to be very young, and I think this is a time. I, I'm willing to. This may sound crazy, but I want you, uh, uh, Eagles fans. I want you to ride with me with this and tell me what you think. At this point. I'm willing to just ride with. with I'm I'm willing to ride with having the youngest defense in the NFL. I'm willing. I'm 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 willing to ride with that narrative or 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 ride with that situation because, you know, and have of course if Fletcher Cox wants to come back, I'll bring Fletcher Cox back, right? You know, certain guys, but for the most part, I'm ready to cut ties with Bradbury. I'm ready to cut ties with Darius Slay. I'm ready to move on from Kevin Byard. Um, you know, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to move on from BG. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If he wants yeah. to stay and they find a find a place for him, okay, he, he he can't hurt us. But my point is, I'm ready. I'm ready for this defense to get younger. I'm ready for them to get hungry again. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next crop of guys. I'm ready for the next generation of leaders on this defense because I think I think it's about time we start turning that page. I mm-hmm. think they've held on a little too long to trying to. Use the OGs, the Fletcher Coxes, and the BGs as the motor or the or the lifeblood of the defense. I think it's time these young guys start really, you know, producing. And we find out exactly 
what this defense is and just start out with the young guys in week one and find out and find out how good they can be. But about time week 17, week 18 come next season. I'm ready to go balls to the wall with the young defense. Yeah, I look, I think you're I think it very well could be heading that way. The one other thing that I would add, Tone, is they're extremely slow. They become a very slow football team, they're, especially. And that's on another that side reason of why I say they're they're slow, Rob. They're slow, yeah. they're flat footed. Um they got to get younger on that side of the ball. They got to get more speed back there at, you know, at the, at the DB position. Mm-hmm. I, I'm ready to go balls to the wall with a young defense that's just learning on the fly. They're, you know, they're, they're going to be way more coachable, way more moldable. Um, yeah. You, again, you could sprinkle, you can sprinkle some veterans in there, right? Mm-hmm. A veteran D line and maybe a veteran linebacker there or whatever. But as far as the back end, especially my DBs, Mainly back there, I'm re- I'm ready to go young. I'm ready to I'm ready for Ringo to be out there full time. Yep. I'm ready for whoever they draft in the first round to be out there full time at corner because I think they're going corner in the first round this year. Um, I'm 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 ready for them to go super young at safety with Rhea Blankenship and maybe another guy, Sidney Brown. I'm just ready for a new crop of guys so I can at least find out what these what they are. Um, in a, in, a, in a full sample size of a season. Let me ask you about a young guy because let's let's transition to linebacker now. Um, you know, last year we know what they had. You know, they had good players there. They had T.J. Edwards, Kaiser White didn't have a great finish to the year for sure, uh, but they were really counting on Nicobe Dean this year. Kobe didn't play well, and he got hurt, so it's a kind of a double whammy. You brought mm-hmm. in Zach Cunningham, who's been fine, uh, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, who's been hot and cold, uh, you know, it's kind of filled the void here with these guys, among others, they've rolled in there. What do you do with, uh, Dean next year? Can you count on him or do you have to acquire, draft or acquire somebody? And then it, look, if he shows you, he can play great, but you can't count on him for next year. Where do you stand with that? That's a great point. A great question because we don't know how good or bad he is. No, he but can't he is stay on the field long enough. Right, right. We don't we don't have a solid ten game stretch where we can say, okay, this kid could play this. Kid. It's four games there, five games, three games. Like it's he can't stay on the field, so it's so hard for me to even you know put my chips on his table. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so hard for me to you know to bet on that. Um, if he can't stay healthy, then what's the point? You know what I mean? What's the conversation? He if mm-hmm. he can't stay, so far, he's proven he can't stay healthy. He's been on IR twice this season. Right. And that was the biggest concern, you know. Right. They, they and that was the biggest concern. Yes, that was the biggest concern when he got drafted. That was the biggest concern in the offseason where he tweaked his foot and then he hurt something else. And in, in, I think he hurt his foot in week one or week two and then hurt his foot again. And then you got Noah Smith with the with the janky shoulder. Right. You know, it's. I know. You know like the shame of it is you. you, you I, it's too soon to, to write either off, especially Smith. He's a rookie. You know, it's going to take you a minute to, to get active. Yeah, I'm not ready to write off Noah Smith at all. It's just hard because how much, how much can you put into those guys for next year? It's, it's. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, Matt Patricia meeting with the media tone uh, said first off before he even answered a question, not good enough in reference to the defense. And then he said the Cardinals took advantage of some of the issues that the Eagles have in their run defense fits, F-I-T-S, fits. Um, so, you know, look, there's a lot to 
there's a lot to dive into with that. I'll give you more as he, as he says it, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what you end up doing. He said, um, not good enough performance starts with me. We have to be able to, to stop the run. We have got to get that handled. Okay. We, I feel like we've been hearing that for a long time, even, even before Matt Patricia got into this thing. Cool story, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us something we don't know. I know. Right. But, 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 you know, back to your original point about the young guys and the Kobe Dean, I just don't know what to make of him as a player. Right. And I, and, and, and I don't think I'm off base or, or wrong or even being unfair in saying that. I think I would be, I think it would be unfair if I said, oh, yeah, he's a bust. He's terrible. That's unfair. No, yeah, too soon. I, I can't, the year one, he wasn't on the field at all. Year two, he can't stay healthy enough to be on the field. So what is he? At what point, at what point do we say, okay, this guy is not the answer? Yeah. Um, because, because we're never going to find out if he can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So, this defense, um, again, you you sprinkle some veterans here and there, but I'm ready to go young. So, you. so, so at the very least, you can say, well, they're a young defense. They're figuring out. At least you can say that. It's true. It's <laughs> true. But, you know, again, when you're young, you're more coachable. You know, there's a fire in your belly. You, uh-huh. know, you're, you know, you're playing you're playing fast. Yep. You know, they got to get faster back there. They, they, have, they have no speed. Oh, there's no question about it. All right, let, let's look at some of the big numbers here. So. 2023 defensively tone, they're giving up 25.1 points per game, which is 29th, 29th. Last year, they gave up 20.2 points per game, which was tied for sixth. Fewest, mm. I'm talking, you know, fewest points per game. So they're giving up five points more per game, which is a, a massive leap. Okay. Um, this year, they're 11th against the run. Remember, for the first eight weeks, they were number one against the run, but they're 11th now, giving up 103.1 on the ground. Last year, they gave up 121.6. They were tied for 16th. That's the one area where they're better than they were last year. But they have been careening backwards against the run. Here's the one. Here's the big boy. So this year, they're giving up 249.4 yards per game in the air, 28th. Last year, 179.8 first. So they're giving up 49, 21, about 70 more passing yards per game in the air. And I five even, more points. Yeah. I don't even remember what it looks like to have a top passing defense. That's how bad mean, this year has been. I don't even remember what it looked like. <laughs> it was the perfect combination of pass rush and guys who could cover. I mean, you could cover last year. You would take the ball away last year, a novel concept. But that kind of stuff happened last year where it doesn't happen. And Mm -hmm. I think they knew they were going to take a little bit of a hit on the back end. But I also thought that they thought that their defensive line was going to be so good that it wouldn't be awful. Like it would be a little bit worse, but not terrible. And instead, their D-line has become mediocre at best. And maybe I'm being kind. It might be be worse. And their overall defense – and it's time we stop talking about, hey, they're just not as good. No, this is a really, really, really bad defense all around. Yeah. Really they're bad. arguably the worst defense in the NFL. You know, any given Sunday, you take your pick, right? But yeah. they're, argu- they're arguably – they're always in the running for having the worst defense of the week. Mm-hmm. They're always in the running. Yeah. Never a place you want to be. So, you know, when we look at this team and we say, okay, how far can they go into the playoffs – part of you wants to say, oh, yeah, they can turn it around, but then you always got to go back to that defense and say, wait, can they get a stop, though, when they need it? Right. That's what the playoffs is about, getting that Mm -hmm. stop. 
You know, sometimes offense just needs that one stop, and your offense could be humming, right? You, you could be in a shootout. Yeah. And offense is humming. They scored on every drive, but they need you to get that one stop because they didn't have the ball first. Right. So they need you to get that one stop or hold that team to that field goal. You don't even trust the Eagles to do that. You can't. You know what I mean? Like, I've like I, I'm 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 ready to I'm ready I'm ready to pull the cord on this defense. I'm ready to off everybody. I'm ready to uh find a trade partner for Darius Slay. Find a trade partner for um James Bradbury. I'm ready to find a trade partner. For, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to First do whatever. All, good luck with that. <laughs> good luck with a trade partner for Bradbury. Um, do you think there there are two? I'm talking about even now, and this includes. Yeah. Patricia, do you think there's two new coordinators? Yes, I do too. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I do. I do. I and do that's like that. to me, that's such a bad. Like, I think it, I think it's justified because they did a bad job, and you know, it didn't work for either guy. But it's such a bad look too for the head coach. Like, it that, when you start bouncing coordinators all over the place, it's such a bad look. It's such a sort of even though Nick's not doing this it's like a finger point move. It's like, it's not, not him, not me. It's them. You know, and I know he's not saying that, but that's the way that's the, you know, the impression that you get from it. But you know, if, if it's Nick Sirianni's game plan, like he says, yeah. What difference is changing the OC to And or organizational philosophy of continuing to play the Vic Fangio thing. Right. Where it's Ben don't break, where you don't give up the big play. What difference does it make? Who's, who's calling the shots? Right. What difference does it make? You know, we can, that's another thing about this stuff that seems so um, fatalistic, you know, no matter what we, no matter what we do or suggest from a hiring standpoint, at the end of the day, they still have their philosophies that they, that, that they believe in. So yeah. we're actually banking on, or we're hoping that this front office, this ownership group, we're hoping that they somehow see the writing on the wall and realize that there's an error in their approach to how they want to win football games. Mm-hmm. There's an error. There's an error in it. Yeah. Every game is not Law. going to be this, 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 this passing, you know, bonanza, right? That's not how this league works, right? Yeah. You want to listen, you want a competent passing offense in the league. That's what you want. You don't need to have the number one, like, first of all, the, the typically the guy with the most passing yards doesn't win the Super Bowl. No, I mean, you're, not- you're trying to come back in games. Right. Exactly. So, like to have this to have this obsession with this high powered passing offense and what this Bimba don't break defense it's it's a it's it's a farce it's a foul it's just it's just it's just not it's not realistic mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah defense your defense you're always reactive and not dictating the action and offense you're trying too hard to force the issue instead of just taking what they give you. You know, molding, yeah. molding whatever is happening on game day to what you know, molding what you need to do to whatever happened, whatever's happening on game day. Right. Taking advantage, taking true advantage of an opponent's weakness instead of just relying on analytics to tell you, hey, the numbers are saying we should do this. So this is what we're going to do. Listen, you can never remove the feel out of sports. You can never remove the instinct. And that's what analytics partly does. Yeah. Um, This team has relied too much on that. And it's, you know, and it's why they are where they are. No one's really doing any real work in these buildings. They're just, hey, what you know? What are the number crunchers saying? Okay, all right, we're rolling with that. Yeah, no, I hear you. All right, let's come back. Let's do a little offense. Uh, we'll look at the offensive side of the ball. We'll also dive into some other things uh, a little later. Tone, we'll get into the big games of the weekend, the games that still have playoff implications. 
some injury updates around the league. A lot of questions on who's going to play and who's not going to play this weekend for teams that have stuff wrapped up. So we'll get into all of those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about ProAction Restoration. Yes, ProAction Restoration. They've been unbelievable with me. So I had water damage in the house. They came out. They fixed the problem. They cleaned it up, uh, drywalled the ceilings, the wall, uh, getting new carpet, hopefully uh, next week, because I had a lot of issues. But they are handling all of it in conjunction with my insurance company. So if you have an issue with water, fire, smoke, mold uh, on a property you own, your house, your business, whatever the case may be, ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. Um, they are licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will, again, work in conjunction with your insurance company, and that is huge. Water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, and then some, and they can handle it. So if you're not sure about something that's going on, just give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProAction Restoration. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. and the hits go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit at pond lee hockey we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients and we're confident we can do the same for you with over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Check the Sports YouTube Network. Hit the like button if you could. Friends, I appreciate it. Let's look at the offensive side of the ball, Tone. Because if you think about it, if you go right into the heart of this thing, you have 2,000-yard receivers. You have a 1,000-yard mm-hmm. rusher now after last week with DeAndre Swift. You have Jalen Hurts, who through six games has uh, 3,803 passing yards, could, could very well get over the 4,000-yard mark. 23 touchdowns he's got a 66 completion percentage 91 passer rating has rushed for 600 yards and 15 touchdowns on the ground like you hear all that stuff you're like whoa pretty good man this team must be awesome but then when Mm -hmm. you start digging a little bit deeper you see 14 interceptions you see a nine that 91 passer rating is down more than 10 points from last year Mm -hmm. um his yards per carry are down from from 3.4.6 to 3.9 a little bit a little dip um, last year in 15 games, he had 3,700 passing yards, 22 passing touchdowns, just six interceptions, uh, a 66.5 completion percentage. And like I mentioned, a 101.5 passer rating compared to 91. He rushed for 760, 4.6 on the ground and 13 touchdowns. So it, it still is impressive when you look at the numbers, but if you count in the turnovers in there, it's a big component, man, a big piece of this thing. And the other thing is, Tone, it just for all for whatever all the other numbers are, the whole year it's looks it's looked disjointed. And that's not mm-hmm. just him. That's I'm talking offense in general. Um has looked just off this year. Yeah. And I mean, especially in the first part of the season, like the first half of the season, a lot of people were saying, Well, they're kind of on par for doing what they did last year. They're scoring the same amount of points, um, the the rushing yards and the passing yards, whatever, whatever it is, they were saying the number, the numbers indicate that they're doing a good job. And I'm like, 
No. The numbers just mean that, you know, they're better than everybody else. That much better. Right. But when we watch this team, let's be honest, since week one, every week we watch this team, especially on offense, we watch them and said to ourselves, I don't get it. Every week we've always said, I don't get it. I don't understand. No, what's going on here? What's going on there? Mm-hmm. Last last year there was a there was a smoothness to what they were getting done. There was a rhyme or reason. There was a rhythm, a pacing that you see. You kind of saw you you kind of saw plays being called to set up another play. You know, two or three drives later. You know, like you just saw this. You saw this uh this 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 this, this maestro and short and, and and Shane Steichen just conducting this offense you know, beautifully maximizing everybody's skill set, using everybody to the best of their ability, just being creative, right? Getting everybody involved. And then this year we see a team or a coaching staff that can't get on the same page. We see personal, we, we see a clear veil of discomfort between the coaches and the players. There's something missing. There's a trust that's lacking. There's a certain belief that's not, that's not, tangible in the room anymore um no matter what the numbers may say aj brown having a career year Devontae smith was you know was having was having a great year um i think i think his regular season ended you know the other day like um yeah we don't yeah, know for I, sure but likely yeah yeah, yeah i yeah, yeah i don't think he plays the i don't think i don't think he plays the final game i think he's back for the playoffs though yeah i, I don't think you want to mess around with that exactly on that turf yeah, we'll exactly see. Yeah. and you're playing against the giants so why Man. um but you got guys that are producing in this chaotic situation, which speaks to how talented they are, which is even which is the even bigger indictment on the coaches. Like these guys are doing these, putting up these get astronomical numbers in spite of you. Mm-hmm. In spite of you. The person who suffered the most from a personnel standpoint because of the Philadelphia Eagles um defic- um deficiencies is Jalen Hurts. He has to carry a lot of the blame as well because the coaches don't throw interceptions. They don't fumble the ball. Agreed. So he has to own a lot of that. He has to own a lot of the reason why this offense has not been able to maintain some level of continuity. you got to protect the ball. you got to sustain drives, right? And he hasn't been able to protect the ball this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been just as accurate, completing 66% of his passes, like you said. He's throwing the ball. He's throwing the ball more. Yeah. So I think that's something he has to get comfortable with as well. You're going to be throwing the ball more, so you got to make more sound decisions. Naturally, you throw the ball more, you're going to have more interceptions. But there's some guys who just do a good job and not turn the ball over, like Hurts did last year. Mm-hmm. But now he's already he's already throwing the ball, I think, a hundred times more than he did last year. So he has to own that part of it. Protect the ball, do the best you can to sustain drives. So he's one of the reasons why this offense has progressed. He sure is, and it's okay to say it. You know, it's okay, um, it's okay to say it. The other coaches, same thing. They all have to wear it in in, in different respects. Mm-hmm. But Jalen Hurts is one of the reasons they've taken a step back because he can't he can't he can't maintain position of the ball. Yep. He he, he has to wear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so meeting with the media now is Brian Johnson. Uh, he said, hear this." Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, it's early. I'm I'm getting this is he's still speaking, but he said that um, miscommunication led to the use of the second timeout. Uh, they had the wrong grouping out there and that can't happen. That's on him. 
explaining that the field goal possession late in the fourth quarter wasn't good. No kidding. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm looking for some kind of clarity on something, and I'm not sure we're going to be getting it. Um, Maybe you know. that is the clarity, that they're yeah. idiots. Or they just you know don't I mean? know. They don't even know how to explain it away, honestly. It's week 17, Yeah, Mr. Ellis. How about this one? I didn't even realize. You can't it. get the right grouping out there. Did you realize, Tone? And I didn't, honestly, like full candor. AJ, um, AJ was targeted once in the second half. Did I did you realize not. That? I didn't realize that. So he was asked about that, and he mentions limited snaps um, and only ten passing attempts. You know, we got to force the ball to AJ sometimes, as in do a better job. So, in other words. I mean, look, it's not crazy. They couldn't get on the field much. Yeah, I understand that part of it too. That's yeah. why. That's why I wasn't really killing the the run attempts or whatever. Yeah, because they, they ain't had too many opportunities. So, with ten pass attempts in the second half, I guess that that that's reasonable. Um, but still, but you know, still. And, and he's right. Like, the, you, there's a fine line with forcing it. You do want to force it sometimes to your best players. You don't want to make the mistakes that Jalen made maybe in the Seattle game. But here, here's the difference. What you also don't want to do is throw a third and twenty to Kenneth Gainwell. You, that's where that's where I'll take a force into AJ Brown. You know, right. in certain situations, I would have even felt better if I saw you run a draw play with the running back, like a delay delay handoff. Like I would have felt better if you did that with Swift, so I could at least say, okay, you tried to catch them off guard, like, right? <laughs> something. It was just quarterback draw, quarterback draw, bubble screen. That is an indictment. That is a microcosm of the season right then and there. Yep. Yeah, it's bad. How many it times is. have we seen that sequence? Too much is the answer. Too many times. Which I which which makes me go back to which makes me go back to saying this coaching staff just doesn't have it. They don't have it. Yeah. They have no like you got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith on his roster. You can't come up with something better than that. Come on, man. I this is yep. I I could do a better job in Madden. Like, and I and I hate diminishing a guy's job like that. Yeah. Because it's a tough gig. But man, they make they make certain decisions appear easy. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Well, I mean, I it just seems to me like too often when you watch San Fran, Miami, uh, Dallas, mm-hmm. uh, even Buffalo right now. Buffalo's Buffalo. doing a great job. Is yeah. they're doing a great job at maximizing that, that that offense right now. Yeah. Anytime you watch those offenses, it feels like the defenses that they're going against are on their heels. All the and time. with the, it never feels like that. It almost feels like the defense is dictating to the Eagles' offense far too much um, this season. I mean. All right, let, let's look at a couple other things here, Tone. So uh, let, let's talk about the offensive line, which I think is still one of the better ones in football. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's quite as good um, as it, it was. They've taken a step back this year. I, yeah. think Lane, I think Lane Johnson took a step back this year, and I think Kelsey also took a, took a step back this year. So yeah. They're still the upper echelon of their position, but for their standard, I think Kelsey and Lane have definitely taken a step back. No question. Um, so um, last year – they rushed the ball for 2,509 yards. They averaged 4.6 yards per carry and scored 32 touchdowns on the ground. This year, just 2,057 yards, 4.2 yards per carry, only 22 touchdowns on the ground. So, you know, they dipped. What were the attempts? Uh, I don't have the, t- the attempts in front of me, but 
Um, the yards per carry is less. I could pull it up. It's you. less this year than it was last year, even with the with the attempts. Right. Um, they do not run the ball as well. They don't. So, I, I don't think they're as committed to it. But you'll you'll check out the it, attempts right now. Th- this year they have four. Th- this year through sixteen games played, they have a grand total of four hundred and eighty six attempts. Um, last season they had five hundred and fifty four attempts. Okay. So. Through seventeen through seventeen games, so they were more committed uh, to it last year. They were more. They also had to leads last, last year. year. You know, yeah, yeah, that's true too. They they had a lot more leads last year, and that's about a what a seventy carry disparity. Yeah, yeah, about a sixty or seventy carry disparity. So, and like you said, they had more leads last year, so mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense when you think about it from that perspective. Um, but overall, I, I don't think we've seen them commit to the run. Like we've seen them have in the past, I don't you? think so either. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. Um, so obviously they're not they're not blocking it up as well. Now they haven't given up as many sacks this year thirty four sacks compared to forty four last season. Um, so that's an area that they have improved in, but but nonetheless, um, it, it's still not good enough. Where you really see it is the overall numbers. Okay, so let, let's let's just kind of go there. This year, they're they're averaging twenty six point four points per game, which is seventh. Still okay, you know, still pretty solid. Last year, they were third at twenty eight point one points per game, so basically two more points per game on offense. Mm. This year, uh, they're ninth in rushing, one twenty eight point six per game. Last year, it was almost twenty uh, rushing yards more per game at one forty seven point six, which was fifth uh, in passing. This year, they're 16th, 229.3 per game. Last year, 241.5, which is good for ninth. So they ranked third, fifth, and ninth last year across the board. This year, it's 7, 9, and 16th. Mm. Um, so that, that's been a bit of an issue for them, uh, generally, in terms of being able to move the ball either through the air or on the ground. Now, scoring is, is pretty close. I mean, two points per game is not the end of the world. It's it's definitely more of a I think defensive problem, but you just feel like with this kind of talent, be it Jalen or Devontae or AJ or Goddard or Swift, it just should be you should be in an upper echelon team in all of these categories, like a lead almost. And, and especially when you consider the offensive line. And you just haven't been. You know, you just haven't been that team. And when you really needed to drive on Sunday, it was a disaster. You know, when you had to have that touchdown there, instead you get a field goal and your defense gives it right up. Rob, you know what's crazy? They had no problem moving that ball all throughout that game. To finally get to a drive that matters, the drive to seal the game, and they can't do it. Yeah. What does that say about and, – and, and, and clearly it was a coaching issue on that final drive. Clearly. Right. Couldn't get the plays in on time, sending out the wrong personnel grouping. Um, quarterback draw, quarterback draw, bubble screen. I put that whole final drive on coaches. So this goes back to my original concern with this coaching staff, especially watching how that Super Bowl loss went. Who is this coaching staff when they're in a high pressurized situation? Who are this? Who who is this coaching staff when they got a, a, a drive where you got to have it, a drive where you could put, you you could put the game away with this drive? Yeah. Do you have that? presence of mind do you have that gene you know uh you know do you have that tool in the toolkit 
to be able to put teams away when you have the clear cut opportunity and advantage? Yeah. The answer Every, is no. And the answer is no. Every time they've been put in a got to have it situation or a situation where you could put this game away, you could put this team to bed. They have not been able to do that. And, the, and it's been clear cut coaching malpractice with the play calling, with their decision making, um, the game plan, however you want to slice it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know most of the time we're judging play results, but there are certain times where we just look at a situation and say, okay, you can do a lot of different things, but don't run this play in this moment. And they end up doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, for example, first and 20, okay, you could you can run any play. Just don't run, don't run a quarterback draw. You know what I mean? Don't run a bubble screen. <laughs> you know, you could do a lot of different things. Don't run the quarterback sneak con- consecutively. Yeah. Right, consecutively. So, Dave, it's, it's been a matter of practice all across the board. Mm-hmm. But the players are supposed to trust these guys and trust their vision. I don't see how those two things can coexist. I don't either. I, and I think what you're you're seeing a lot of different things. Like you're seeing, especially at halftime, the inability to adjust or mm-hmm. or or I shouldn't say adjust. You, you, lately, you've gotten off to decent starts. The problem is, I think one of the biggest issues with this coaching staff on both sides of the ball is they're really big on if it ain't broke, don't fix it. In other words, this has been going well. We're going to keep doing the same thing. And when the defense shows you that they're doing something different to stop you, they don't do anything off of that. And that's why they're getting outscored in the second half so badly. That's why they're getting, you know, what, what, what did we say yesterday? It was uh, – 50 to nothing in the second quarter or Mm -hmm. third quarter, whatever it is. Um, The last three games, 68 points in the second half, the Mm -hmm. defense has given up. And look, it's not the worst trait to have, right? If something's working and they can't stop it. Okay. Keep going. But the moment they come up with an answer, make sure you got your, make sure you got your counter ready. And that's that's their, that's their weakness. This, this, this coaching staff has no counter punches. No counter. They're all all haymakers, no jabs, no counter punches. No, they, they, they don't know how to pace their way through a 12 round bout. They don't. The other team is able to diagnose what you're doing, make a change, and then take off from there. You're not able to then diagnose their change and counter it. That's been the biggest issue with this coaching staff on both sides of the ball. Yes. And I I still think that they believe, oh, well, we have so much, so many talented players and, and all the stuff that we did last year worked so well. There's no way it can't be working this year. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. And they don't make the adjustments. They don't make changes. Like the, a lot of this stuff, I'm, I don't want to let the players off the hook. I really don't. But a lot of this stuff does come back to coaching. I think more on them than it does the uh, the players. How much of this, though, Tone, is on Howie Roseman? Oh, man. Because Howie's had, you know, a lot of different sort of lives here. Like he's been the the guy everybody wanted to run out of town his own owner pushed him aside, but then he came back with a vengeance, uh, put together an amazing team last year. But you, there were a lot of mistakes made, but from, from a coaching standpoint and a player standpoint, this past off season. So how much of that is on him? You know, he, he has to wear a lot of it. Um, before I just hire Rose, hire Roseman, I definitely want to, you know, put out there that, you know, and you kind of touched on it. You know, player accountability is very important. And these guys have a job to do just how the coaches do. And there are moments where it's kind of hard to decipher who's really the culprit in most of these situations. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, there are certain moments where you say to yourself, okay, that's pure effort. Where is it? Yeah. Like defensive line. Where's your effort in run defense, right? Where's your where, – where, where, what's going on? So, the, like, I don't want to let the players of the hook in any way. They have to be accountable for their level of production and their level of commitment to what they're being asked to do. They have to – they have to be – um you know, held accountable in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as Harry Roseman goes, um, he has to wear the malpractice on defense. Um, offense, I mean, you 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 elevated Cam Jurgens to right guard. He got to stay healthy. Um, you moved on from Miles Sanders. You brought in DeAndre Swift. Not a bad move at all. Um, you know, so offensively, you're fine. You paid the quarterback. It is what it is. But the defensive side is where the you know the the failures mount, and they were just they they were simply miscalculations, right? The James yeah. Bradbury the James Bradbury contract. Did you did you side did you bring him back under the proper pretenses? Yeah, he came mm-hmm. off a Pro Bowl year. You know, you felt like he can't drop off, but so much, right? I mean, yeah. Pro Bowl years are Pro Bowl years for they call them career years for a reason because they don't happen often, but. You didn't expect him to be this bad, right? You yeah. expect him to still be serviceable, still be reliable. He's not even reliable anymore. So, um, in hindsight, it's a miscalculation. But I think in real time, we all knew that was a that was a decent move, or, or we all evaluated it as a as a decent move. So I'm not going to kill him for James Bradbury. That's revisionist history. But immediately, the things that I killed him for in the offseason that I knew would come back to bite us, not bringing back T.J. Edwards. Um, I knew, I knew we would lose. Um, some players on defense, but in my opinion, I felt like there are just certain guys you have to find a way to keep. TJ Edwards was one of them. I was ready to move on from Kaiser White. Um, not saying he was a bad player, but I just knew they're not going to keep both linebackers. So in my mind, I'm thinking you keep the linchpin, you mm-hmm. keep TJ Edwards, and then you elevate Nicobe Dean to play beside him, so yeah. he can so he can learn next to that guy. Um, and um, you and also Nicole Dean is playing in a stress-free environment next to somebody that's reliable that's going to always make sure he's in the right position, and you and you're not putting pressure on him to be the green dot at, at, at such a young age in his career. Mm. They brought Nicole Dean and he's the green dot. He didn't play at all the year before. You know, you ask him to be the the rhyme of re, you ask him to be the voice of reason on defense, the the captain of the defense, and tell, get these all these guys lined up properly. Meanwhile, he still has to make sure he's lined up properly because he's still young at this thing. They put a lot of pressure on the Kobe Dean when they didn't need to. All you had to do was pay TJ Edwards, but they didn't do that. They, they let him walk for six and a half million a year. That's that, that, that's that's BS to me. Um. So uh, who else did they lose on defense? Okay, you lost Epps. You lost White, Epps. You lost CJ GJ Hargrave. Hargrave. Hargrave, I wasn't mad at. I knew he was going to get paid. Yeah, I was. I was all right with that. And then you supplement that with Jalen Carter, even better. Live with that. Um, so overall, the moves that were made on defense, they it wasn't. The, he didn't make a lot of moves that I wasn't happy with, but he made one move that, in my opinion, damned us, damned us to the dirt. And that was losing TJ Edwards. I strong. I understand TJ Edwards wasn't the best cover dude, wasn't the best. But one thing you knew, everybody's gonna be in the right spot. Yep. Run, run defense is gonna be top notch. And he was going. And if you even came in his vicinity, you were going to the ground. He was reliable. He knew the defense. He knew where he needed to be. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just, 
that TJ Edwards move to me is the most damning move of the offseason. And I think it's one of the larger reasons why this defense is not as good. Am I overvaluing TJ Edwards? Maybe some of you guys may think that that's perfectly fine. You know, people have a, he, he was an undrafted guy, but you but you developed him. Yeah. Right. The yeah. issue with the Philadelphia Eagles is you haven't shown an ability, ability to develop certain positions. And you actually developed a guy in TJ Edwards. And then you let him walk. Because you didn't draft him for not crazy money. Yep. Come on. Yep. Like, like we can't pick and choose. Like, just because, of, just because you, what's the difference between a guy you drafted in the seventh round? Nothing. And a guy you picked up as an undrafted yep. free agent twenty four hours later. No, you wear you first of all. You what's wear the it as a badge of honor that that you know a guy you took late like Kelsey or I don't know Mylotta or Edwards or whatever or right. an undrafted guy like Blankenship have worked their way up. That's a credit to you. You saw something. You developed right. Them. That's even more to your credit. Listen, it's easy to draft a guy number one overall, right? Everybody wants him. Everybody knows you can't miss. I mean, yeah. obviously they're a bust for a reason, but most you can't miss. It's easy to draft somebody in the first round number one overall. Easy, no thought, no thought involved, yeah. right? But when you find a dominant rough like a Jordan Maylada, like a TJ Edwards, right? When you find those guys and you actually develop them and you see them coming along and they're actually making an impact and they're being graded as one of the top guys in the position, you have to find a way to keep that because that's a that's a notch on your belt. That's oh, yeah. a gold star for you. But you let him walk. Why? Because you didn't want to because you don't value the position. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Maybe it's time you really start examining your philosophies, your core philosophy. It, it also, Rob, let's look, let's let's take let's look at it like this, right? Let's just say Nicobe Dean would have came out and balled out this year. You know, he lived up to all our expectations. Let's just yep. say that. Yep. Right? Yep. Because they don't value the position, why should we even marry ourselves to Nicole Dean if he's not going to be here Be here past the rookie contract? Right. You get what I'm saying? So it's, at, at some point, you got to decide, are we going to actually develop guys and invest in a position? Or are we just going to continue to recycle linebackers and think that you can just plug and play the position? You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't. They got to make a decision this offseason. Are we going to ch- are we going to change how we view this position? Because people want to go to bat for Nicobe Dean so much, but what they don't realize is he ain't going to be here in four years. Yeah, because they don't care about the position. And guess what? They'll develop him. They'll put they'll invest in him, uh, invest in him, and do and, and, and do whatever they can to make sure he's playing at the highest level. But guess what? When co- come payday, they'll let him walk. So yeah. what's the point anymore? Right? What's the point? Just sign a guy in free agency, mm-hmm. or do whatever you got to do, but. They need to they need to decide how they're going to approach that position going forward. Because if they draft the they draft the guy, what's the point? Of, what's the point of even loving them or yeah. even supporting them? They ain't gonna keep him if he gets good. Yeah, he's probably gonna be gone. Yeah, good point. Uh, all right, let's get a timeout. Let's talk some NFL. We'll dig into all things pro football here uh, as we have one week left. Final week of the regular season in the National Football League. Really hard to believe. We'll do that. <laughs> When we come back, don't go anywhere. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis on this Tuesday. All right, I'm going to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You could go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information 
or a sampling of their work, give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Welcome back in, friends. Appreciate you hanging with us. Uh, as always, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis, hanging out with you on this Tuesday. All right, Tony, let's talk a couple things NFL. Um, there are games with major implications this weekend. Um, one of oh, them yeah. being, how about the Bills and the Dolphins? The the winner of that one wins the AFC East. I, I you know, that's real. Yeah, well, you think about it, um, Buffalo is only one game back and they beat them in the head to head. Oh yeah. 
48 to 20, like week four, whatever it was. I think it was week four um, back Whoa. then. But Buffalo's up to 10 and six right now. Um, and they've if Buffalo won- finds a way to win this division after starting the way they started, oh my God. Well, think about this too, right? So Miami's very banged up. They lost Bradley Chubb for the year with an ACL, their edge rusher, which is yeah, it sucks. I think they lost um, Jalen Phillips earlier this year, too. He's so gone. Achilles. Um, Mostert's banged up. Yeah, and, and I don't know what his status is for this week, but he didn't play last week. I chain uh, is battling a knee all year. Waddle's banged up. So there's a there's a lot going on there. The game's in Miami. That's the Sunday night game. They, that's the, the the one that they pushed to Sunday night. So that that's going to be – that's going to be a fun one, man. There's no Monday night this week because they don't do that on the last week of the season. Also, you have the national championship game in college football uh, a week from yesterday. So you that's that's the big one, man. That is that's so, the big one. So if Buffalo wins, would that put them at the number two seed then? They would vault to the – I think so, does some of it depend on Kansas City? Yeah, who, who won the head-to-head between the Chiefs and the Bills earlier this year? I think it was the Bills, right? Hold on. Yeah, the Bills won twenty to seventeen, so they got the head to head. So they would so, own that, yeah. So they so they were on. So so let's just look at this now. Let's say Miami drops to the five. Miami drops to the six. Six. And, they would go, yeah, they'd be below and, Cleveland, right? Right, and Buffalo hops to the second. That means Buffalo, Buffalo would end up playing the Colts in the first round if everything with a home game, up, right. with the home game, and then. Um, the lowest seed who's if, still alive, if, right? And then or no, no, point, the second lowest seed because Baltimore would get the lowest seed still alive. Coming yeah, the yeah. And then my and then Miami, if they were the sixth seed, would play the Chiefs. And I don't know That's, who wins that game. Actually, it's an interesting game, especially if Miami gets some of these uh, offensive weapons back. Like if Moster comes back and he's right, and and uh, Waddle's right, then that becomes really interesting. Yeah. So and, and then Buffalo would end up playing either the Chiefs or the or the Dolphins. So Buffalo's going to end up playing Miami no matter what. Yeah. In the playoffs. Uh-huh. And they're definitely going to end up playing the Chiefs as well. Depending how this thing falls. So yeah, the Bills are the Bills are going to either play the Chiefs or the Dolphins in the playoffs, either either together or yeah, this 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 is going to yo the who would have thought the Buffalo Bills would have made this turnaround? Well, that's okay. So if you're looking for an outside shot, if you if you're really like you're reaching, right? Buffalo looked like garbage, uh, you know, at one point this season, where it almost looked like they were going to be on the outside looking in for the playoffs, right? They had a really terrible, terrible stretch, and they were uh, losing close games. Like that was like they could easily be better than what they are. They were just losing close games. They had a lot of injuries on defense. So Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, they went through a stretch where they lost week 9, 10 and 11, 9 and 10, they lost to Cincinnati, to Denver, beat the Jets, then lost to the Eagles. And at that point they were 6 and 6, right? So they looked mm-hmm. like they were in some trouble. Since then they've gotten it together and won their last four games. I mean, if you're if you're looking for any semblance of hope if you're an Eagles fan, obviously you don't have as many games to get your act together as Buffalo did. Mm-hmm. But they did turn it around, and they're playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. And they got to act together against some high quality opponents too. Yeah, for whatever um, it's worth. So I mean, know, that's Buffalo, that's good. Cowboys, yeah, Chiefs, you know, Chargers or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, Patriots. Those are two layups, but still, 
Got to give credit where credit is due. I, th- I, th- I think Buffalo beats Miami at the end of the season. Oh, without a doubt. I think that's going to be a, a really good game. Um, yeah. All right. So then that there's that's a big one. Um, right now, there's still a lot of teams that are that are jockeying for position. Now, Jacksonville is it not? They're the four seed now. They're nine and seven. They win the tiebreaker over the Colts and Houston based on head to head. So, um, but they don't know yet if Trevor Lawrence is going to play. They had to go with CJ Beathard. Now they beat the Panthers last week. Take that for what it's worth. But you know, uh, that's that's uh, one to keep your eye on. But if the Jags lose, for example, and the Colts or Texans win, you know, they could vault ahead of them. Um, so the Colts would own the tiebreaker against Pittsburgh based on head-to-head win percentage. Division tiebreaker, uh, which initially used to eliminate Houston. Um, and anyway, Houston has the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. So you got a bunch of nine and sevens there with the Colts, with the Texans, with the Steelers. That's the seven, eight, and nine. Seven is the Colts. They're in right now. Houston's on the outside looking in. Pittsburgh's on the outside looking in. Pittsburgh will stay with Mason Rudolph. Uh, the Texans got C.J. Stroud back last week. So there's a lot to be decided right there at the bottom. Um, Cleveland, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Tone is locked into that five seed. And Kevin Stefanski is really deciding what he's going to do here in terms of sitting guys or not. He's not sure how he's going to approach it, is what he said yesterday. Yeah, um, they clinched they their move, Right, Get they not move. Yeah, they, yeah they, they, they clinched their spot. Yeah. They, they clinched their spot. Um. They're pretty much locked in. So Buffalo's either jockeying for a two the two seed. That's a big swing. That's a swing. That's, that's a huge, a huge swing. swing. And the Colts, obviously, they just got to win out. They got to win that last game. Yeah. They got yeah. to. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they're the teams like, all right, so with, let's talk about the matchups, right? All right, so here are the games. We, we mentioned that um, Miami and, and Buffalo are one of them. But the other games you're going to be uh, keeping your eye on here. Pittsburgh obviously needs to win and get help against the Ravens and the Ravens may sit everybody. So it might, might be, you know, might be an easier path for them because the Ravens have one locked up. There's no reason for any of those guys, inclu- including Lamar, especially to be out there. Right. So, okay. So Pittsburgh could get a gift there. Uh, the Colts and the Texans play head to head. That's the, the Saturday night game. So the four thirty game Saturday is the Steelers and the Ravens. The night game is the Texans and the Colts. And that game's in Indianapolis. So that's a, that's a big game too. Because those two teams still have life. Um, but my, here's my thing, right? If the Colts or the Texans play each other, right, and both the Colts and the Texans win the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh, how does Pittsburgh still have a chance to get in? What has to happen? So here's what has to happen. Um, hold on. I'm, going, I'm, I'm digging it up right now. All right. So Pittsburgh. So, Okay, here we are. Okay, so well, the, the the Texans have it have the advantage over them. Uh, go ahead. You have, if you have it, go yeah. Ahead. It says here's the full breakdown of the scenario. So this is how the, this is how the Steelers a lot um, of help, right? You this is yeah they need this yeah this is what they need. So they need a Steelers win and they need they need they need to win and they need a Buffalo loss. Okay, or they need a win and an and the Jacksonville loss or tie, or they need a, they need a Steelers win and a Colts Texans tie, or they need uh they or they need a tie and they need Colts and Houston 
um, to not end in a tie and Jacksonville loss. Oh my God, man! <laughs> or if the if the Steelers lose, how many ors are there? Here? <laughs> listen, they have five scenarios. So I mean, listen, listen, it's, it's better to have five bullets in the gun I, than just one. nothing. <laughs> right, and then it says here, even if they lose, um. Uh, and now, listen, Houston does not end in a tie. Jacksonville loss and Denver win. So, um, basically, to keep it simple, they need to win and they need Buffalo to lose, or they need to win and they need Jacksonville, Jacksonville to lose or tie. Okay. Okay. And obviously, Colts and Houston, that won't end in a tie. We know that won't end in a tie. It's just, yeah. just not going to. So, I'm more so leaning on the first two scenarios. They got they got to win, bottom line. But also, okay. they need Buffalo to lose, which I don't think is going to happen. Um and or they need or they need Jacksonville to lose, and Jacksonville plays the Titans. Uh, that game is in Tennessee, uh, for what it's worth. And two things on that: we don't know because about you know what could happen. Because Jacksonville might get knocked out of this thing. They could be out of it altogether if they don't. Yeah, win the yeah, because yeah, they're they're nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Colts are nine and seven. Texans are nine and seven. Yes, somebody's winning seven. that division if Jacksonville loses and those teams win. And who who does Jacksonville play in the final week? they're playing the Titans. So there's two things in that game. Trevor Lawrence may not play and Will Levis may not play. If Levis doesn't go, it's Tannehill. If Lawrence doesn't go, it's CJ Beathard. Look, if, if the Colts don't have Lawrence, I think the Titans find a way to steal that game. Um, I do too. Weirdly enough, I do too. Play spoiler there. Cause it could, the Titans are out of it, but I, I, yeah, I agree with you. Huh? Yeah. This yeah. is going to be a fascinating playoff. Um, this is the week week eighteen. The NFL does a great job, man. They do a great job with these divisional games and making sure they matter. They do a good job. Well, let let's go to the NFC because there there's a couple big ones here at one o'clock. Okay. Falcons Saints. Saints need to win, and they need the Bucks. This is a long shot, but they need the Bucks to lose to the Panthers. They're both one o'clock games. Yeah, there's only two playoff spots left in the uh, NFC side. The yeah. four seed and the seventh seed, mm-hmm. and Buccaneers obviously they they won the tiebreaker over New Orleans based on best win percentage in common games. That's right. And um, Seattle says wins tiebreaker over New Orleans based on best win percentage in conference games. So, uh, is it, I don't think it, is Atlanta officially out. Atlanta is still in it. Yeah, they still have life too. So Atlanta could win that game, beat the Saints, right? But who has the head-to-head there? Mm, I'm about to look up some uh, playoffs. And then there. they would need the Bucks to lose to the Panthers. Okay, let's see. Let's see here. Because it's pretty the- obvious if the Panthers win, I mean, excuse me, if the Bucks win, they're in. Right. Okay, New Orleans Saints. Okay. The Saints win and the Bucks lose, the Saints take it. Right. What's right. the Falcons scenario? They'd have to beat the Saints and have the Buccaneers lose, I would guess, right? Okay, I've located all the playoff scenarios. All right. What's Atlanta's? So for the uh NFC side, right? Mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons. Let me zoom in on this. So for the Atlanta Falcons at seven and nine, it says Atlanta clinches NFC South division with a win and a Tampa Bay loss. So that's their only path. That's their only path. Okay. Because because they play New Orleans in the final week. So yep. if they beat if they beat New Orleans, they jump to eight and nine, and New Orleans falls to eight and nine. I think they I think they already got the edge over New Orleans from early in the season. So um their only path 
is a win and a Tampa Bay. So they need Tampa has to win. Tampa has to win. But but if Tampa loses and Atlanta wins, Atlanta gets into the playoffs and they get and they get the fourth seat. They win the division. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. the, the Packers they have six scenarios. It says here on um, the Packers they play Chicago in the final week. That's right. Um, and Green Bay they they clinch a they can clinch a playoff berth with a win, just a just a straight up win. Or a tie and a Seattle loss or tie and a New Orleans loss or tie, or a tie of their own, a Seattle loss and a Tampa Bay loss, or a Green Bay tie, a Seattle tie, a Tampa loss or tie. Minnesota, they also clinch with a Minnesota loss or tie, a Seattle loss, and a Tampa Bay loss. <laughs> Let's just stay at the top, man. Yeah, all, why don't we? Why don't we? Look, yeah, because Packers, the, the Packers, all else, I gotta do is win. Anybody else's head ready to explode? Am I just the? Am I the only one here? <laughs> so basically, the Falcons, um, they win, and a Tampa Bay loss, they get in. Oh. Green Bay, they win and they're in. All right. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, they clinch the NFC East title with a win, straight up. Right. Or a tie and a Philly tie or a, a straight up Philly loss. So basically all Dallas has to do is just win their final game and they win the, win the division. Makes sense. Um, the yeah, Eagles, obviously. The so hand, the Eagles would need to win Dallas lose. They would flip roles. Correct. Exactly. Philly needs to win and Dallas needs to lose or tie. Okay. And this is why the Cardinals loss is damning. Yep. Because you basically put the onus, you, you gave the power back to the Cowboys once 100%. again. Yep. And, and again, my opinion, they are absolutely unequivocally not losing to Washington. They're not. Just, They're not going to lose. I mean, they lost to Washington in the final week last year, but it's not going to happen again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they know that, and they know they need to win the game. They're going to come out balls to the wall. Watch. I agree. I agree. Um, in the Seattle, um, they get into the playoffs with a win and a and Green Bay loss. Green, they, they, they need, they need the, Chicago to beat Green Bay, right? Exactly. They need Green yeah. Bay to lose. Yep. 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 So. Okay. All yeah. right, but so the couple a couple other little odds and ends. Uh, I don't know why the 49ers would play anybody at this point because they've clinched. The, the, yeah, and McCaffrey's and not made, playing. Yeah, he's not playing easily. with the cap. I can't imagine you're going to see Purdy, Debo, uh, Bosa, uh, whatever, any of those guys out there. But anyway, uh, definitely no McCaffrey. Uh, John Harbaugh says he isn't sure how he's going to approach this thing since they have it all locked up. I, again, no shot you see Lamar Jackson out there on that field, just my opinion, um, among others. Um, Jared Stidham will start the last game for the Broncos. Antonio Pierce says that he's built a, enough of a solid foundation over the over his time there that he should be the Raiders coach. Um, DJ Moore says that Justin Fields absolutely should be the Bears starter next year. He's seen a lot of different quarterbacks during his time, and he knows he's got the goods. Um the this is what the NFL does too that bothers me, Tone. I know it's only Tuesday. I get it. Still, no word from the team or the NFL on David Tepper's throwing a drink on a fan uh, during the game. Of course not. Right. This Come is on, a man. player or a coach that did something like this. Goodell would already have the uh, the the suspension handed down. Money talks, my friend. Yep. Money talks. I don't care. I want, I want, there better be some justice here with this thing. Uh, I I, I hear you. I hear Um, you. Also on the sidebar, Antonio Pierce is four and four. And in the eight games, he's been the head coach for the, uh, the Raiders. Raiders. Just, just a fun fact. He's four and four. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know what I I think he's going to stay, but Mark Davis is kind of a wild card. I have no idea. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's one of those guys you can't quite figure out. You know what the heck's going to go on? Yeah, and, and I think he ha- he has some um has some has some quality victories. I mean, he beat the uh, what was it? They beat the Chiefs. He beat the Chargers. You know. Lost they they did lose to the Vikings and they lost to the Colts but I mean they did beat the Chiefs so he got he he has that he has that under under his belt so we'll see yeah man. the Chiefs I, was two weeks ago it was a nice win yeah yeah, yeah, no yeah. I, I, I hope I hope he gets I think he gets I think he gets it if, if I had to lean one yeah. way or the other I think he gets it look at the very least extend them two years at the as, as the head coach just see how things unfold you don't got to go balls to the wall and give him a five year contract give him a three year extension two year extension. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just 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 see how he um, does in their full season of being the, the head coach, right? Just just you can't you can't lose, in my opinion. No need. Hey, you're hey. not a, you're not a contender. Just find out what you got. And I don't care who it is. They need a quarterback. You know, on yeah, top of yeah, it, big time. Uh, all right, else uh, Sean McVay guarantees he'll be back in 24. Um, you remember a couple of years ago he was thinking about maybe stepping away, but he's going to be back in 24. That's official. Um, I, I didn't even know that this was a thing, but Kenny Pickett denies rumors he refused to be QB2 on Sunday. I didn't know that was a thing in Pittsburgh. Uh, apparently, he was healthy enough, but they were, they were I guess, rolling with uh, Mason Rudolph. And I guess, uh, yeah, he said it was either I was going to start and play or if they didn't think I was good enough health-wise to do that, I was going to be third and not dress. In other words, wasn't his call. That's what the Steelers decided to do. So that's mm-hmm. what they did. So he said, whoever reported that, I don't know where it started. It's kind of crazy what people were right, put out there to prove their point or help their standpoint or their careers, whatever you guys do. But disappointed to see that anybody with any proof or, or I would like to see somebody with some proof or basis for that. Okay. So I, I fine. I, you know, he, he, he was going to do whatever they needed him to do. Um, the other, the, the I thought this was interesting, and and I, it's actually a, a for once a kind of an honest answer from Belichick. So he was asked today if he's thinking about his future, one game left in this season, and he said, "I took the approach when we were winning Super Bowls, and you know when we're not winning, I take I approach it the same way. If I don't give my full attention to the team that we're playing, you know, I, I'm not doing the players or the city or the team that I'm coaching uh, justice." So I'm Fair fully enough. locked in. Yeah, I, 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 there's, you know, whatever. And you, you can not believe him all you want, but it's an, on, it's an answer where you say it makes sense that the guy's going to give it everything he has. Listen, so he's, a human, he's a human being. He's thought yeah. about it. Oh, no he, doubt. He's a human being. But, yeah. but listen, we have, we have bleeding and competing thoughts in our brains hundreds of times a day. Yes. We, 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 some of us have the most outlandish thoughts, but we never vocalize them or share them because we know they're outlandish, right? So listen, he's thought about it. But he's yeah. not making it his number one priority. Yeah, and right. I think it's a good way to handle it and just say, "Hey, look, I, you know, I'm, I got to be locked in. Look, if I'm he's not been, locked he's in. been in the league for too long. He's too decorated. He, you think that man stressed about his 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 position? Yeah, I, I don't think he's stressed at all. No, but, but so there's this goes one of two ways, Tone. If they did fire him, which I don't think they will, I think it'll be a mutual parting of the ways or whatever. They fired him. He just signed a lucrative extension in the offseason. He, not that he didn't, didn't need the money, but he's got a ton of money coming his way to do nothing if he chooses to do that. Or he'll be coaching in a better situation for him, likely, next year. With a, like, If you wanted to go to the Chargers or somewhere else with a real quarterback or a better quarterback than mm-hmm. he has certainly now. So he'll Bill Belichick will be okay. 
He'll he'll right. be just fine. Or even, you know, I mean, I I don't know how old he is, but he's like 72-ish. Okay, 72. My grandma was like 74, run, ripping and running through Philadelphia doing her thing. So 72 ain't old, man. So so look, even if he decides to step back, take a year off, come back and, and assess the lay of the land, you know what I mean? He I he, he can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't think he's in any under any in any way stressed about his position or what's going to happen next for him at all. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I mean, I think yeah. he, yeah. I think he also views it as like, hey man, my re- check the resume. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean? actually, me personally, the whole Bill Belichick New England thing, I feel like it's one of the most overreported, overexaggerated situations in my opinion. Yeah. Look, he's won seven Super Bowls with that organization. All right, they've had they've had some down years. All right, it was bound to happen at some point. Yeah. If if he stays, he stays. If he goes, he goes. I mean, I I don't think it's I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. But as much as he's given that organization, how much they won, I don't think it's that big a deal if he if he has bad some bad runs and he decide yeah. and they decide to move on. I don't think none of this is a big deal. I really don't. I think yeah. it's one of the most overreported, overrated narratives or stories in the NFL this year. Uh, I, meant, I forgot to mention two things about the Dolphins. So Tua hurt his shoulder in the game, but they think he's going to be okay. Uh, Xavier Howard uh, is likely out for week 18. Uh, he had a foot injury. So he that Miami goes into that thing banged up mm-hmm. um, against Buffalo. So Buffalo's got to be kind of licking their chops a little bit as far as that goes. Uh, Cowboys working out Lael Collins. Uh, they've had a lot of nicks and bruises along the offensive line. Um, for them. So he, he recently worked out with the bills and he worked out earlier in the year for the jets and the giants. Cincinnati released him from the uh, physically unable to perform list in September. And they so gave him a lot of money to go there at first too. I, I know. I know. Yeah. He played his first six seasons in Dallas. So yeah. um, and earned a pretty good contract from Bengals and he, he was did. Not good. was not good. All right. We talked a lot about the, uh, about the MVP. And I don't think there's much doubt, right? I mean, it's is it Lamar Jackson? And, yeah, it is. It uh, is. Yeah, that's over, right? I mean, I'm Lamar Jackson's winning it. There's no game this this week that can really make or break the Lamar Jackson's winning, winning it. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I would I would say if I had to go one, two, three, I'd go Jackson, McCaffrey, Purdy. Purdy or Allen. Allen's made a run lately. Allen's been insane, yeah. But I, I think just listen. Um, number one record in football, right? Um, knocked off some of the best teams in the league in dominating fashion: Miami, Lions, um, uh, San Fran. Mm-hmm. You know, coming off of a five touchdown performance, like, he's going to he he's Lamar Jackson's going to win his second MVP, right? And I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens made it to the AFC championship. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. But also playoff I, playoff Baltimore is different. Is I'm, different. But I would I say they go in as the favorites to win the whole thing, don't you? Even they over should, the Niners. They should. They yeah. should. But we've seen a Baltimore team playing at this level have the best record in football and they get knocked out, what in the in the divisional round or something like that, or we have seen that movie before. We, we, yeah. we, 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 we've, we've seen it. So um, as great as they are, I need to see a different Lamar Jackson. I need to see a different Ravens team in the playoffs. It's really just their team in general. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, how far can they go in the playoffs? I think they need to earn that equity. But right now, they are legitimately the best team in football, and they deserve the the, the, the rightful respect. And um, they have the talent. They're capable of winning it all as much as anybody else. Oh, but sure. they got they, they got to prove that they can get to a conference championship with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. They got to prove yeah. that. I, they've done a pretty amazing job of overcoming some injuries also. Yeah, um, man. You know, and there is that's just such a good foundation down there that they have with Harbaugh, with the, with the front office. DaCosta took over for – The for infrastructure Isaac. is flawless. Oh, it's great. It really is. It's really, really good. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's step aside. We'll come back. We got the Sixers in action tonight, the return of Joel Embiid, Tone. Flyers are playing also, and we'll get into the uh, the semifinal games last night. Uh, Michigan, Alabama, Washington, Texas, two excellent games. So we'll get into that as well. Uh, a lot to dive into, so you don't want to go anywhere. He's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. We'll be right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. 
Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Our final segment of the show, Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, hanging with you on this Tuesday. All right, Tone, let's uh, we'll get it back to the Eagles in a second. But the Sixers yeah. playing tonight, yeah, yeah. What's the matter? No, oh, no, I was just thinking about something, Rob. Um, you yeah. know, I always have these random questions for you when we start certain segments. Okay, <laughs> and uh, you know, let's you know, let's go for it. Right, we got All some right. time. Right, we got go for it. Yeah, we do, we do. We're good. Yeah. So, so let's do it. All right. What what has been your You've been you've you've been a parent for over t- over twenty years. Yes, what's been what's been your most proud moment as a parent? And you could you can you know delineate it between your your daughter and your son, or however you want to slice it, it could be combined. What's been what what would you say was your proudest moment as a just as a parent? Like that feeling you was like, wow, I I I did all right. You know, like what was your most proud moment as a parent? Oh man, that's a. Oof. That's a deep one. Um, all right, let me think about this. So there's kind of like, um, there's the obvious, like sort of milestone moments, like graduations, right? So um, both have graduated high school. Uh, my son is a senior in college and my daughter's a freshman in college. So those were like cool moments, although it was really stunk for my son. He graduated in 2020 when it was COVID and it was like online and, you know, the high school did the best they could, but we were in the middle of that insanity. Right. So that was tough, but he had a really good attitude about it. So I was pretty proud of him for that, which may kind of answer the question a little bit. All right. So, um, Oh boy. All right. I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a really cool moment. Okay. What, when my, first of all, I'm incredibly proud of both of them, but I'll give you one for my daughter and then one for my son. So when my daughter was in eighth grade, she ran track, she ran track in high school and she, she, Mm -hmm. you know, she was a a pretty solid runner. So she was at the Penn relays for the archdiocesan championships. Uh, So she's on a, she's on a four by four team and you had to, to split it between age groups. So, so, so in other words, there's a, I think a fifth grader, a sixth grader, a seventh grader, and an eighth grader for your four. Okay. Okay. She's the eighth grader. So she's running the anchor leg and the, the, the youngest kid, the youngest girl goes first. So boom, gun goes off. She starts running. The young girl starts running with the other girls and gets tripped up and like almost trampled in the, in the pack as soon as they take off. Now, thankfully the officials blew it dead. They didn't let it keep going and they restarted the race, but this girl was hysterical, hysterical. Cause she was hurt a little, but she was also like, I I'm going to blow it for you guys. Uh, when, when the gun sounds again, I'm going to, I'm going to mess it all up. 
she was the one who went over to her, pulled her aside. Your daughter, the one that went over my, to my daughter went over to the, the the little girl who went down, pulled her aside, encouraged her, told her, you know, we got you. Whatever you're, you're doing, great. The fact that you're even in this is unbelievable. You should be really proud of yourself. We yeah. know you're going to do awesome, and 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 let's just go. Whatever happens, happens. We got you. So long story short, this. So they started again. Gun goes off. The young girl keeps the minute. Like she she wasn't in first, but they weren't buried. Okay, but she kept the minute. Hands the baton to the next girl. The next girl starts making up some serious ground. Hands it to the next girl. The next girl starts kicking butt. Matt, my daughter Maddie got it, and we ended up winning it. Okay. Wow. We won the whole thing. Wow. And there's actually awesome. a picture. All right. I'm going to we're gonna go on a little tour here. Uh, so there's a little <laughs> picture here. I'll see if you guys can see it. In fact. All right. Now I'm, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm trying to bring you in close to see this. Can you guys oh, I think I see it right there. Yeah. In the left, right. right. Oh, there you go. Can you see it? Do you see her talking yeah. to that little girl? My right, daughter's right, on right. the right hunched over and the little girl is standing there with, with the baton in her hand. Got it. See I that? see it. Yeah. Okay, so that was that moment. And this is totally impromptu for people who think that Tone asked me this as a setup. Wow. It's not. Okay, so that was a pretty cool. And that was at the Penn Relays. That was at Franklin Field. So that was all pretty cool. And they won the whole thing. They won the championship. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, I would say for my son, um, and thank you. Thank you, Christy. I, I, I appreciate that. That's very nice of you to say. Um, I, I would say for my son, uh, more than anything else, the way he handled that co the COVID year being his senior year and not getting caught up in, I don't, you know, we're not getting the, the kind of graduation. They didn't have a prom. They didn't have a graduation the way mm -hmm. most people had it and, and all those kind of things. And even his freshman year at college, he had to do half of his senior year online and half of his freshman year online in college. And he handled it, I thought, like a champ and, and didn't and just stayed dug in, you mm -hmm. know, and who saw that coming? Right. I mean, so that was that was tough. Yeah. So I would say I would say those two things. I'm proud of them every day, but I would say those two. Things. I appreciate you asking that, but they, yeah, um, of course, of course. You know, I'm, you know, I'm 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 big in keeping things in perspective, and yeah. also just you know I'm a curious guy. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I plan on being a parent one day. So it's you know I'm I'm always like to just get a feel for just like, you know, dads and just how they navigate you know parenting and just you know the different ebbs and flows of it all yeah. like you know and, and, I, and I generally care about you so Thank you. um I you know I, 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 I you, always man. like checking in way. I always like checking in man well and the other thing is too what I would say to future parents not I, I believe me man I made I still make my fair share of mistakes but like there's no real exact blueprint you know life's one big audible and you got to do what your gut tells you you got to do what your experience tells you and what just what you think is right it's, it's apparent. No, like, I mean, every kid's different. So handle the things the way that you need to handle them, man. And I think you'll be great at it. Honestly, I think you'll be great. Do you, at do you, um, we could, we, we could tie, tie it up with this. Do, do you parent your kids significantly different than you were parented from, from, from your parents? In some ways. I always say this about parents. You can, if you're lucky, you learn a ton of good stuff from your parents. Right. But there's also things you take that you like, you know what? I didn't really particularly care for that. And I don't mean like discipline that, that, that I had coming. I mean, I didn't like the way they approached this and I'm not going to do that with my kid. I think everybody mm -hmm. should learn from your parents, both good and bad. Right. Yeah. Cause so you know, I, era and the time it, it matter. It, it, it changes everything. So yeah. there, they were influenced differently. They went through different things in their life. The times were different when they came up 
And what and even the times when I came up, though, it was just different. And, and you can't mm-hmm. handle things, everything the way you did in the 80s when I was a kid now. So you got to parent a little bit differently. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure for you, like the early 2000s or whatever, your, you know, your time period is different than mine. It, things are different. As crazy as it sounds, yeah. and it's not all that long ago, but it's different. And you got to handle things differently. I, like, you know, my parents didn't have to deal with uh, social media. When I was a kid, that right. wasn't a thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Your, bu- right. Your bully was right there in front of you. Your bully oh, was right 100%. there. Yeah. Or, or something. Why so-and-so calling this house? Like you weren't just getting away with, you know, some, <laughs> some text or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh man. That's so funny. it was just, and, 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 you know, we, I think you were the same way, dude. The second I woke up, if I had off from school or whatever, I was out the door, man. We were playing sports. We were hanging out. I was never home. But it was okay. Now, man, you they're out if they're gone for three, four hours, you don't know where they are. It's 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 an alert. You got an amber alert, you know. Yeah, for real. Crazy. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. And yeah. I, I think yeah. that's gonna be the part of being a parent where I where I I gotta learn how to breathe. Cause I where, where are you? What time are you gonna back? What was I'm, I'm gonna be that. Well, so so you really see it. You you definitely like that when they're young, no doubt. But well, right. like when they get to like this age they're at now where they're home from college, which they're home for about another week, the two of them. I'm like, where are you going? Like, how many questions are you going to be asking? Like, you know, I'm, I'm a grown-up or whatever. I'm like, you're not a grown-up. You're still in my house. Huh? You know, yeah, you're selling my day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that kind of stuff still goes on, man, for sure. Especially course, look, with both, but especially with my daughter. I'm like, who, well, who are you hanging out with? Where, course, whose house are you going to? Like, like New Year's Eve. I'm like, all right, where are you going? Well, we're going to so-and-so's house. All right, who's going to be there? And she's like, oh, my God, Dad. Like, Listen, a daughter is like a prize. A daughter is like a family jewel. Like You got, yeah. you got to protect it at all costs. I get it. I get yeah, it. And the, yeah. and the sun is like the, uh, you know, the hammer. You just, you know, lay it wherever you, you know, <laughs> yeah, check on exactly. it for a while. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just check on it. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Chris D. Uh, great stuff. Chuck, great stuff. You guys are awesome. Nathan, thanks, man. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It's always fun. <laughs> Uh, I like, I, I do like, I, it's, um, there's nothing like it. It's hard. No, it's not easy, but there's nothing more rewarding. I, I will just tell you that. That's awesome. Um, That's good to hear. All right. So, uh, a couple things I did. I always like to, to at least sneak in a little bit of Sixers and Flyers here. Uh, mm-hmm. Sixers are back home after that, that, uh, road swing. They'll host the Bulls, the Bulls team they lost to in Chicago, but they get Joel Embiid back. So Embiid's back. Melton's out. His, ba- his back is bothering him, but you'll have Embiid and Maxi tonight. Uh, Sixers 22 and 10, third best record in the East. This should be a game the Sixers win at their place uh, against a very mediocre Chicago team, uh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, they, they should win it. Um, and I don't have any doubt that they, you know, that they will. Uh, but so far, the Chicago team has had the number two two straight matchups. Yeah. Um. Granted, granted. Um. And B didn't play in one of them. I don't think. Mm-hmm. So we'll really see. And both of those games, I think, I believe, were on the road too. Both of those, or both of those matchups, if I'm not mistaken, I got to double check that. But um, yeah. I mean, the Sixers. I like their chances. It's it's still very early in the season to even be, you know, judging this team fully. Okay, so they played them. At home in the first one, they lost by four. Yeah. They played them on the road the other day on the thirtieth. Yeah, yeah, without him beating, lost. Yeah, without, without him beating. So, yeah, and that was the second of a back to back, I believe. Right. right, they played Friday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday last week. Um, yeah, and B and B dropped forty in the first matchup. And, right. Yeah, uh, that, that's a game they shouldn't have lost. That game at home. Yeah, right? yeah, they shouldn't have lost it, but they did nonetheless. Um, I think they get this one though. Yeah, um, I do too. Yeah. yeah, I feel good about it. 
Um, oh, we didn't, we, we didn't talk about the, uh, the trade. The, so OG Ananobi got traded. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah right, from that's right. Toronto to the Knicks, the Knicks sent RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly after there were other, other people involved, other pieces involved, but I think it's a pretty good trade for the Knicks. I, I like him. I don't love him, but I think it's yeah. a good trade for them. I was never a huge Barrett fan, so I like it. Yeah. yeah. I was never a, a huge, um, RJ Barrett fan either. Um, but moving on from quickly, that's um, yeah, I like a man. I, I like a man. Yo, quickly, I like what he. I like what he brings off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you make that move for OG Ananobi, you're kind of expecting him to make a, a, a play a larger role. Now he's he he can't just be a three and D guy. Um, he has to also create. You know, when you moving on from RJ Barrett and quickly, you know, you, you know that's about that's about. 35 points a night you're moving on from. You know what I mean? That's about mm-hmm. 30 to 35 points a night you, you, that, you're, that you're cutting out the equation. So now can OJ Ananobi provide you with a 17.18 point per game average? You know what I mean? Can you get the offense from other places? Um, he does make them better defensively on the perimeter. Yeah. Um, gives them a lot of length, a lot of athleticism. But, you know, it's so early in the season. We're not going to really know how this thing pans out until maybe post-trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a while ago for sure. Yeah, uh, Flyers are in Edmonton. They're closing out a five-game West Coast swing stretch. Mm-hmm. Been a little rough lately, but they're 19-12-5 and five overall. Um, you know, all in all, they've played much better than we anticipated, um, but they close yeah. it out uh, tonight in Edmonton and see if they can uh, get their 20th Jeez, win. They've been on the, the road season. this entire time. Jeez. It's been a long one. Yeah. yeah, started in Detroit, right? I mean, it's been a long, long road trip. Yeah, yeah, started in Detroit, and um, you know, it weighs on you after a while, especially the, the travel with you know with the how intensely they play. Mm-hmm. Um, it could weigh on you. Uh, do I like their matchups tonight against the against the Oilers? Um, I do. The Edmonton Oilers—they're not world beaters. They're eighteen and fifteen, but they're mm-hmm. a team that you have to go out there and prepare for and respect. So yeah. it's a team. It, 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 it's a it's a game they should be very capable of winning, especially how they. You know how they've done uh, as of late. No question. Uh, did you get a chance to watch any of the uh, the, the college college football last night? You had in the early game, Michigan beating Alabama in overtime, and then the late yeah, game, no, that was Washington crazy. Held on for Texas. Yeah, 37 30. I, I guess that game was was huge, big hype in your area, right? You know for sure. Yeah, yeah, but it's, I'm also in like a military area too, so it's a lot of different people from different areas where True. you know where, I, where I'm at. Um, but. Um, overall, though, we have ourselves a Michigan-Washington national championship game. Yes. Who would who would have thought? Who would have uh, thought, man? Certainly not. Look, that I'll tell you what, man. All Washington does is win since that yeah. guy took them over. And and Michael Penix, yeah. I voted. I'm a Heisman voter. Tone. I voted for him to be the the Heisman Trophy winner. He did. He came in second behind Jaden Daniels of LSU. But I think the guy's been just absolutely awesome. He he threw for 430 yards last night and two touchdowns. I love the guy. He, he's a, he's he is tough. He's tough as nails. Man, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a hell of a game to watch. I'm curious. I don't really lock in on too much college football, but I think this game is gonna be super entertaining. Um, I also I think Michigan is on this revenge tour, and uh, I think Michigan wins it all. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't bet against them. I'll put it to you that way. Their defense is ferocious. Um, they can run it with Corum. They can pass it with McCarthy. They're a good team. They're a five-point favorite um, for the, the game six days from now. So it's a week from yesterday mm-hmm. uh, is the game. But, yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, they 
both games were super tight, highly competitive overtime. And then, uh, you know, Washington throwing for the end zone to either tie it or win it mm-hmm. and pass knocked away. And, and that was it. That was it. The, uh, Look, the, the, there's no better Texas time. Was throwing for it. Sorry. There's no better time for Michigan to take advantage of this. You, you have an opportunity to get a national championship and you don't got to deal with the SEC team to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, this is your shot. No, Georgia's not in it. You knocked out Alabama. This is your mm-hmm. shot. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it comes around like this, you know, this often. So, this is your shot, mm-hmm. Harbaugh, especially, especially coming off of the season he's had. Well, the big if question with him is: it does he stay or not? You know, does he go to the pros? He hired Don Yee, who was like a big time agent. He was Tom. He's Tom Brady. He's Tom Brady's agent. agent, right? Yeah. So he hired him. Michigan apparently has an extension sitting on the on the table for him. Mm. Um, but there's a lot of people to think he could jump to because he, he played for the chargers. I think he was an assistant there as well. At one point, some people are saying maybe the chargers, even though I'm, when he played, they were in San Diego, but uh, play for the chargers. That could be a possibility. There's some other spots he might be looking at just to kind of get away from everything that goes on. In college football. I, I, I think he leaves. Kind of feels like that to me, especially if he wins it. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> Excuse me. I think in either scenario he leaves, right? You know, if he wins, you go out and in, in, in right off in the sunset. Obviously, yeah. You lose. It's just one of those things. Like, all right, let me just cut ties with this. Uh, but you know, with this organization as far as the NCAA, and just uh, you know, start off fresh. You know, I kind of wore out my welcome here. Um, yeah. So I mean, spend um, it twice this year. You do exactly. wonder how much how much exactly. is left of that, yeah. And, and Lord knows what they're going to try to throw on him for next year. They're always trying to find something on him. So uh, I think he leaves either regardless of the outcome, but I think they win it, though. Okay. You know, you leave, you stick it to the NCAA, and you stick it to the – what are they? What are they, the Big, is it the Big Ten or Big 12? They're still Big Ten. Yeah, they're still Big Ten. Okay. Um, yeah, so, you, you know, you stick it to the Big Ten, you stick it to the NCAA, walk out with – you know, you know, walk out – which uh, you know, which you rock out, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the the other thing too is like if Washington wins, man, they're in the they're in the, the, the basically that conference is done. The Pac-12 is done, so they're they could they could really, I mean, that would be really strange. Uh, basically, an entire conference that dissolved, and you you won it in the last year of that conference. That'd be kind of neat, kind of cool, um, if they were able to do that. Uh, for sure. Um, all right. Elsewhere, uh, you know, Eagles. So usually Wednesday is the day you turn the page. You kind of start looking forward to the next game. But let's face it. Th- there isn't a ton to break down when it comes to the New York Giants. They're a bad team. They're a 5-11 and 11 team, even right. though they played the Rams pretty close last week. So the the dissection of this team is, is going to continue to to come down the entirety of this week. Uh, you'll have – after the Giants game, th- there will be a lot of looking ahead to the playoffs because it's a playoff game. But this whole week is going to be a very difficult week for the Eagles. It just is. When you come off a Super Agreed. Bowl, you know, you come off a Super Bowl, which you, you probably should have won, let's face it, but you you, you lose by three points. Uh, and the expectation is as high. I mean, you went into the season as the favorites. Um, when If you end up doing what they're doing right now and it's a short playoff, you know, stint, um, there is going to be hell to pay for them. And you know what the ironic part is, Tone? At the end of the year, the last coordinator standing may be the special teams coordinator. We were on. 
we were just on, man. We Big killed time. him. Oh my god, yeah. we killed that man. Look, man, he's he did a hell of a job with this with this special teams group. What, what can you expect? I mean, think about it. You have a great kicker. The punter's turn is totally reliable, and you have the best, arguably the best punt returner, or one of the best punt. The returns punter has a boot, man. The punter, he's good. He, he's, he's good. I like him. Yeah, I like him, man. I don't worry um, about him. I, I would, I would be holding my breath every time Sippo stepped on the field. I don't worry about this guy at all. Yeah, then Covey, he just secures the ball. He's he's so he just. He finds like what I love about Covey is he doesn't make a single move unless he has that ball secure. Yeah, he makes sure he has that ball more than before anything else, and he's so steady. You know, you know how when like you know it's a you know a guy kicks a duck and it hangs a little bit, and then the player surrounds you and they just waiting for you to right. make that mistake. Yeah, he's so poised in those moments. Um, yeah, and now he's shown him the ability to make some plays. You know, I. I if the Eagles are going to do anything in the playoffs, I think they're going to need special teams to really win their win their side of things, right? If if they can get a special teams touchdown somewhere in the playoffs, oh. like, that'd be insane. A, that, a cover return. That's where we are. You need that's a special teams touchdown, man. Oh man! Look, I I, I I'm, still... I'm I'm just trying to give them every opportunity to prove me wrong. <laughs> I know. Well, uh, Adam says crash test dummy didn't even uh, get a punt return Sunday. You're correct, Adam. They, the Cardinals didn't punt. There are words I never thought I would be saying. Cardinals didn't punt in that game against the Eagles. But yeah, um, he did not get an opportunity. But I think he caught a pass actually uh, in the game. But anyway, uh, I uh, maybe it's just the optimist in me as far as this goes. But I still think I still think the offense can get their act together. I just I. I feel like the defense is not just bad; it's a disaster. I just can't. Yeah, I, I can't wrap my head around the defense. I, I, I understand. I, I understand why you would feel that way about the offense. You, I, I would like to feel the same way. Um, they're too talented. But then I look at the coach staff and I say, "Ah, oh, they're too dumb." Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. The stupidity too, will get in the way of the talent. Yeah, man. Or. They can't operate in the confines of a pressurized situation. You know, a guy to have it drive or a driver you can put the game away. Second half of the game, right? They're 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 not they they don't do. perfect example in that Dallas game, yeah. the first one. They should have put that team away. Oh. They had them about they they had them down by eleven. They had an opportunity to put that game away. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. No, no that that's you know their inability. To put teams away all year. That's a skill. And they don't have it. No, they don't. And that was one of the great last year they would just run it and take the air out of the ball. Mm-hmm. And just you wouldn't you would you wouldn't even get the possession. Like that that's that was them putting you away. You wouldn't even touch the ball again. If if it was they were so good last year, if it was the fourth quarter and there were eight minutes left and they just and the Eagles got the ball back, you're not seeing that ball ever again. No, no, that was it. That was they it. they would drain it. They were going these eight minute 14 play, 15 play drives, and just take the air out of the ball mm-hmm. and put gas in your car while you wait. Like they, they, they were, they were, they would make sure they send you home, send you home with a nice little ass whooping in the care package. Listen, mm-hmm. we'll, you know, we'll kick your ass and we'll send you home with a full ticket of gas. How about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just yeah. made sure they, they made sure they closed you out and tucked you in and read you a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, now they can't find. Now they can't get the kids. Now they can't get the kids in bed. No, now, now it's a horror movie. Now you're it's reading. a horror movie. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. Uh, this, this 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 team this team has a lot. To, they left. They leave a lot to be desired on the football field and the coaching staff. 
But overall, man, um, all we can do is take it one week at a time, one game at a time, man. Look, man, go one and no every single week. Yeah, I mean, they're just they're all the traits that we keep talking about are not conducive to playoff success. Right. Inability <clears throat> to finish teams off, uh, adjustments at halftime, uh, defensive pass rush, taking the ball right. away, giving the ball to the other team. Like these are all recipes for just losses. Yeah, yeah and, and everybody has to hold themselves accountable. Yeah. Players, especially on defense, hold yourselves accountable. Effort, will, like where's your where's your your self respect? You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So player accountability has to t- has to take over at some point. Yeah, the coaches may suck, but guess what? Hold on, wait. We're you know we're 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 agents of our own you know of ourselves. We have to be we have to represent ourselves to the highest degree. So. The players have to make sure their effort is top-notch regardless of what's going on. Coaches, do your part. Don't mess it up. You know what I mean? Like, the way this, the way this team is built, it's built so the coach staff, all you got to do is say, listen, don't don't, don't screw it up. Just yeah. don't screw it up. They're, yeah. they're talented. You got guys. Just don't screw it up. Well, so, I, I think this is also where, it, it, you know, it, for all the culture talk that we, we did, this is really where Kelsey and Graham – and Fletcher Cox and and Lane Johnson and Jalen, you got to you got to rally the troops here, man. And just guys, we got one game left here. Like, can't keep doing this stuff. Got we we whatever we've been doing, it stops right now. And I don't know, I don't know. You you can you can get the, the train on the track right now. I don't know, uh, but that's this is where all that leadership that we believed in has to step up. That's for sure. I'm surprised they haven't had a players only meeting. Yeah, that we and maybe they have, but we just haven't heard it. I don't know, but that it would it would feel like you need one bad. Um, that's for sure. All right, want to thank everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Always appreciate all of you guys uh, hanging out with us and gals. Thank you. Uh, don't go anywhere. You have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio and Tone as well. So you guys all have a great rest of your Tuesday. We're looking forward to hanging out with you tomorrow and continuing the Eagles and on general sports talk. Uh, All right. So everybody have a great rest of your Tuesday for tone. I'm Rob. We are sports take, take care. See you tomorrow. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.